What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me this week, it's a two-man crew. It's me and Joe. What's up, brother? Yo, yo, yo. Now, this will be the second time that I you're going to hear the intro, quote-unquote, twice in the show, uh, because we record our interview before we recorded the rest of the show. But you know what? It was such a good time, Joe, that I don't think anybody's going to mind. I think they're going to really dig it, and I think that hearing me introduce uh, Mr. Johnson, Jam, and Joe more than once is is just okay. What do you think? Yeah, I'm cool with that. It was definitely definitely an awesome interview. Yes, yes. A little foreshadowing because this is going to be in the beginning of the show. It was a really good time, a really good conversation with Jay Bartlett. I, um, you know, you don't really know how these things are going to go. You just you know, kind of hope that we set a good atmosphere and it and it goes well. And it did. It really did. I'm glad he talked a, a good steady amount i don't think there was any point in time where we had to go okay well let's move on to the next thing because you're not a talker it was really good time so he was good i really enjoyed it now he definitely vibed with us and uh we're, we're definitely gonna have him back so absolutely so boom spoilers it was so good in fact that we're gonna have him back hopefully towards the end of the year you know i don't want to be pushy with people but if they got a project coming out i definitely want to get on that radar and say hey you know we did a good good job you had a good time and then the next thing you do you want to come talk about well then hey selfishly i just want to talk to you guys again so let's make it happen make it happen captain damn my wife bought these uh she bought these stuffed like pepperoni things from our like local i guess like our local like meat place i don't know but this one has like pepperoni and it's like kind of like, like stromboli but not really a stromboli yeah i'm derailing the show for this because they're so damn good that's good, man. That's good. Well, you know what? My son is texting me right now asking me to order pizza for him. Just order the kids some pizza, Daryl. Come uh, on. I, I got to set boundaries, Joe. I, I, no means is this, no. Is this, the, is this the vidless child? Yeah, the one kid without COVID. He's I, like, order, I order the kid pizza. He's, uh, he's For not getting COVID? It's like, it's like, it's like Resident Evil. He's, he's, he's in a last man standing match in the house, and you're the only two left. I know, right? Which one's going to fall? Well, I've been wrong. The loser, buys, the loser buys pizza. I've been raw dogging all the O2 in this house, so I haven't worn a mask yet. So if I get it, that's why. You've been raw dogging all the O2. <laughs> <laughs> I would say last person to get COVID in the house has to pay for pizza. Oh, dude, that's what's up. <laughs> I need to go in there and kiss my wife, my wife real quick. <laughs> Come here, babe. Spit in my mouth so I don't have to buy pizza. <laughs> So, nah, this is the Loot Bros Podcast. Uh, we are here to talk about video games and things in the ballpark. I think we're getting uh, into a comfortable place where our audience knows that we're not just going to talk about video games. It might be wrestling, might be comic books, might be action figures, might be uh, all of the above. Might be get, spitting in each other's mouths and getting COVID. Who knows? So, but, Joe, we are going to start this week's show off with a toast as we always do um this toast is going to go to our guest jay you know for this uh, awesome interview that we got coming up but also selfishly i want to toast to my son and my and I, I told you this already but my son and i um was played through the resident evil remake of the first game start to finish this weekend oh snap popped his resident evil cherry let's go dude yes all it was so freaking awesome man like he was very into it 
Um, it was, it just, it was natural. It just all just worked itself out, man. It was like, we had a good time. He was totally getting into the lore, asking questions. He's like, oh man, I think this guy's the traitor. I think this guy's the thing. Oh man. How did this creature get created? Blah, blah, blah. He was reading all the files. Like we didn't skip a file in the game. Like, dude, it was awesome. So awesome. Also want to shout out our Patreon producers for the month of January. Uh, my name is FMAO, MZ Nitro, Redbeard Rick, and El Presidente Letty Bird. It was funny because earlier we opened, we cracked a couple Diet Cokes. Jesus. And my son slurped it up like a savage. I'm like, ugh, what was that for? Snyder <laughs> cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pop another one. That's right. Yeah, my son slurped it up like a savage. And I, he goes, hey, look, Dad, it's like I'm on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things in life, man. It's the little things. Mm. Whoa, good God almighty. I just had a kid pop up beside me. What's up, son? Um, That's fine. Wash your hands before you touch anything down there, COVID boy. Love you. <laughs> he just came out of nowhere like a freaking RKO. I like looked up and he was there. Like, you got me. So, all right, Joe, since it's just you and I, I'm going to do a real quick run of the business and then we'll let you get into what you've been playing. So if you're listening, guys, check out the Patreon uh, you can get in for as little as a book. We got all kinds of extra content on there. Uh, a lot. This is the big one. This one. This month coming up, you're going to get the uh, the 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 dreaded five hour podcast. Um, it's not five hours anymore. I cut some of it out, but you got that one. You're going to have a deep dive on there, possibly two. I don't know. Got something in the can. We'll see what happens. Um, and then of course, you know, all of the extra stuff that we do month in and month out. There's going to be another B roll episode rolling out pretty soon. Um, I'm starting to get enough content built up for another one of those. Um, also check out the other shows we do two, two, three, six podcast. Uh, we got the loot bros comic cast. Um, Joe, you're Mr. TMNT 84 on Twitch. I am resident Daryl on Twitch. Uh, hopefully, um, at tomorrow, as of the time of recording, we'll be back on Twitch, uh, doing a little bit of streaming. We actually, uh, my son and I were actually kind of like, Oh dang, we should have streamed our resident evil. You know, we could have done a, a good tw- we our total game time was 12 hours it probably took us 16 you know to actually do it because i had to stop a ton and and you know get people things and medicines and vitamins and foods and blah 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 so it's been it's been live in the elsor compound so joe why don't you tell us what you've been playing games daryl i've been playing games i'm sure it's been them one hour rat trashes oh yeah you know those masterpieces um, I'll start with the first, I'll start with the newest stuff I've been playing and work backwards. So I purchased a uh, Pokemon Arceus legends Arceus for the switch and I'm loving this game. Uh, it's kind of like playing Pokemon for the first time again. So it kind of captures some of that magic where, you know, you feel like you've played a game so many times and, you know, kind of, you get so used to the way the mechanics work and how the kind of, you know, foundation of the game and the structure of the game is the same. And it's just like, Oh, well, you know, you get you pick your starter and then you go in the woods and you catch these little creatures against their will and you make them fight each other like dogs. It's like dog fighting. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Pokemon is just dog fighting. That's legal. Or is it? We don't know. <laughs> but, 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 but anyway, uh, I just think I it's know. crazy how it's been in 
around for 25 years and they've never really tried to shake the foundation at all really of like the core game series and granted this is like a legends game so it's technically not a core series game but it, it does it does a lot of things that are really cool and that i would like to see the core games kind of adapt and moving forward i would like to see them go in this in this route so for instance like you still pick your start at the beginning but you do like quests and stuff there there's like quests there's no gyms that's all gone all that stuff is like been mm-hmm. removed from the game and you can just run up on a pokemon and like throw a pokeball at it and catch it like pokemon go or if it if it's like a pokemon that like is more afraid of you or it's more fierce then you have indicators that you have to you have to battle it to catch it um it has a cool mechanic where battles work in different ways where you get like a stylish and like a can't remember what the other style was called i think it's like they're like brave or stylish i can't remember off the top of my head but i only played for a few hours so um but you can you can basically forego if you use like if you if you do a once type of battling you can you can do a stronger attack like a heavier attack but it might take you longer to do your next turn versus like doing a like a swift or a swift attack and then the swift attack is basically like you can do multiple by the time your opponent can go again but it might not be as strong so there's different strategies you can take and i'm really enjoying it i mean it's a rough game as far as like graphically it's not the most beautiful game it's kind of like i would kind of say it's like marvel versus uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 where it's really not the most beautiful game but it's more the gameplay that matters than the actual look of the game if you know what i mean yep but i'm enjoying it i'm about two or three hours in i just i just finished my like first major quest in the game and i'm I'm liking it it's it's really interesting it's fun and pokemon games haven't been fun for me for a while like they've been fun as far as like like sword and shield was a good game it was fun to play but it didn't give me that like wow factor that pokemon's supposed to give you and i feel like this is a step in like the right direction of like what an open world pokemon game could be so i would i would definitely check out uh pokemon legend arceus it's out now on the switch uh what else have i played i finished ninja gaiden sigma 2 holy crap that game has a lot of chapters like that's all I can really say. It just it just has a lot of chapters, Dale. There's like twenty something chapters, and it, like I felt like the game went on forever, whereas like the first two, the first version of the game was was shorter, because you have all these missions where you have to play as like Rachel from um, from Ninja Gaiden and also from Dead or Alive. And gotcha, yeah. I just felt I just felt like the game just took longer than I wanted it to take, but it's still a great game. It still plays really well on the PS4. The PS4 version is really cool and really tight. Uh, I like the control scheme. It's it, it. I felt like it felt played a little bit better than the 360 version. It was a little bit faster. I mean, the engine obviously the engine's a little bit more uh, current, but uh, it, it still it still holds up. I think Ninja Gaiden Two is definitely an awesome game, and it, it definitely took what they did with Ninja Gaiden Black or Ninja Gaiden Sigma One, and it, it kind of just expanded on it. I do like how you have all the weapons unlocked from the beginning if you want, and you can kind of just go through and play with any weapon you want and any play style you want. So I think that's pretty. Heck yeah. pretty different have you have you played uh ninja gaiden i've played sigma and i think sigma 2 which one was on the vita sigma and sigma 2 okay so i've played them yes i'm trash at them and i've never beat them i think the only ones you never got you never got sigma 3 because i think they were in process of making it and then it was like oh well and then they didn't make it so yeah that's that's pretty much i didn't i did the same thing when it came to beating it i was like oh well and i didn't beat it okay all right. <laughs> now, I just I was really terrible at those games, and what's funny is there's there's things about them that are reminiscent of Onimusha, 
or maybe Onimusha is reminiscent of those games. But like, there's th- there's things about it I really dig and I really love. But it's just uh, I don't know. And like you said, they are very long. Lots of chapters. I'm just surprised we never got Onimusha two remastered after the first one came out. I think the first one sold sold well enough to bring the other two out. I think there's just a lot of like red tape bringing the other two games to console. I know the third the third game obviously you have the Jean Renault stuff where like it's expensive to get the rights to Jean Renault, put him back in the game. But I honestly think like it's worth it. I really wish they would just give us a double pack and put the last two Onimusha games out. Yeah, I, f- I feel you on that. I mean, I don't need to say like, where's my fucking Onimusha HD? Like I did for like 27 episodes on on game stuff, and then finally got it. But like, it worked. It, it did work. I put it out. I put it out in the stratosphere. So if I'm gonna do that, it's gonna be like, where the fuck is my uh, Parasite Eve remastered? That's because oh, that's yes. that's what I want now. Like that's all I want now. I would just give all the monies, all Dude, the monies I, for that. All right, it look it would look so beautiful on a PS5. Oh, I just want it. Yeah. I just want it. Uh, what else have I played? I have played. Um, it takes two with Corey. We are, okay. and we are f- probably near the end of the game now. I'm not going to give any spoilers because everybody who plays this have to has to experience it for themselves. Like this game's an absolute tour de force. I know, Daryl, you've played. You played, I played like, all the way to where you get out of the tree into the house. Okay, so you got back into the house. Yeah. Okay. So, so you beat like you beat like the giant. The giant bee, right? That was the last yep. thing you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That game is just special. It's just special. That's all I can say. Like, it definitely deserved to win game of the year. I know there's a lot of shit talkers who are like, "Oh, how this how this lame child's game win game of the year?" I mean, it's got really good writing. It's got chops, man. It's a good game. It, it's just good. Like, just the different make different gameplay styles that you get immersed into, and the, all the different like ways that they change up the gameplay as far as like the the power-ups that you get for each section of the game it's just a really really friggin' cool game like it's it's just cool like i'm blown away how much fun i'm having with this game and it's it's definitely something like i would take your best friend you know get the game you know you get a buddy pass so someone can play with you for free i mean the only problem with the buddy pass is the other person doesn't get trophies so if you're worried about that then you both need copies but if you're not you know get a buddy together and play uh, oh, side tangent. Did you, uh, Daryl, did you see that they announced and a little bit of news on the show, I guess. Did you see that they announced uh, buddy passes for all of the uh, Dark Pictures anthology game? I did not see that, but that's awesome. Yeah, there's buddy pass now. So anybody can play with anybody can uh, buy the game and then play with a friend for free. That's awesome because now they have like the co-op modes and they're really taken off. It's That's a really, really good incentive to get into that game. I mean, I just think those games are phenomenal, and I would love to have a sit-down where we go through all three of them, or even when the series is all wrapped up, just to, like, replay them all one more time and just, like, gush about how good the series is and how innovative the playstyle is where, like, you take control of one character, they take control of another, but you can't see what the other person's doing at all. Heck, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, oh, man, just... Those well, games I'm, are great. I'm totally down, dude. I think I did a uh, spoiler cast or deep dive for Man of Madon, either on Push to Plat or I did it on uh, PG Spoilers, but I'm totally down to do another one. And then Little Hope, I don't think we ever did a like a real spoiler cast or deep dive. So I'm totally I'm totally down with that. Did you get the and, platinum in that? No, dude. I actually dude, uh, we should sh- go for it together because I need to I need to play through a second time on the other side of the characters you, you kind of got to play through a few times man i was working with uh jared shout out to a friend of the show jared for uh we got together and we played through um i think it was, it was man madan yeah i know one full time together to get the multiplayer trophies and um 
but I think you end up having to beat that that stuff several times. But uh, which is why I didn't go for the platinum. But now that my wife and I are doing these, you know, choice based games together, uh, it's back on the table for sure. But I'm totally down to do a multiplayer run of each game with you. Like 100, percent I'm down with that. Nice. So, Looks like we have a bunch of extra content, like just lined up for you lined guys. Lined up. That's, that's right. Lined we, we, up. Yeah. We and hopefully for February, uh, in February, we'll record uh, House of Ashes as the deep dive for March. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely. I just picked it up in that last sale, and I definitely want to gush about that one. Uh, I've I haven't started it yet, but I've heard very good things. Did you start it yet? Yeah, I started. I haven't finished it yet, but it's a. Uh, I, 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 it's unfortunate because I was playing it. So Kali's already beat it. I was playing it during all of my uh, crazy study stuff, you know. Oh, you and can't concentrate on it then. No, I, I really couldn't. And, even, and the bad thing was this is like, even though I was playing the game, like I spent several hours pl- studying, right? So I was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to reward myself with the game. Mm-hmm. But what was happening was while I was playing games is I'd be really like, I should be studying. I should be studying. And then when I failed my exam, I was just like, oh my gosh, dude. I really blamed myself really hard for playing video games. <laughs> Cause I was like, <laughs> and, I, and I only lost, I missed uh, two points, two freaking points, man. And so that was uh, very frustrating. So, but you know what? I, uh, it looks like it's going to be March before I can retake the exam. So I've got, uh, I'm getting ready. I was actually a messenger back and forth with, uh, another patron. Shout out to Gaz. Um, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, you know, he said I was slamming out a bunch of games and I have, I beat a bunch of stuff, but, um, getting ready to, um, to go back into study mode. So all of February is going to be study, study mode. So I'm trying to get some Patreon stuff set up now so that my, my month isn't as crazy and tied up with that because I know that it's going to be, it's going to be difficult, but, uh, but what else you been playing? Other than that, it's really just been I, I I dabbled a tiny bit in Lego DC Supervillains. Have you tried that one out? Yep, I was playing it with my son the other night. That game is just amazing. It's like, really good, dude. If the new Star Wars game is any any bit as good as that game, we're in for a real treat because I think that they just they just keep like ever since I would say maybe like Hobbit or yeah probably the Hobbit they've started just making these games more individualized and different. They're not just like you know we're dumping assets from like one lego game or one lego property or license and then we're just gonna make levels and that's it and you know you just collect your minifigs you just collect your um your lego studs and go through the levels they've actually been putting like work into these games and they actually play differently and have different dynamics and different mechanics and i think it's really cool because the lego one is cool like you create your own character you play as your own character it's very different from most of the lego games out there so I'm definitely yeah. having a blast with it. I played like the first level. That's really all I played. But from what I played so far, I'm really digging it. And I really want to get back into it. Same here. We played the first level and went through some of the open world stuff, done some of the side missions in there. It's basically like Grand Theft Auto Lego. Like, Did you ever play Lego City Undercover? Yeah, it game's phenomenal. Yep, or in Lego game, Worlds and so like that. That game it's, has it's, no business being as good as it is. Yeah, like, you're right, and you're right, and that's exactly how this is. That's how that's how I feel about this game. Yeah, so. it's 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 just really cool. It's a really cool game. If, uh, we got it for free on PlayStation Plus last month, so you guys should definitely check it out if you got it for free. I would definitely check it out. It's a really good game. Um, other than that, I really didn't play much else. I think I played a little bit of The Messenger on the Switch and. Again, that's just more Ninja Gaiden, basically. It's basically a homage to Ninja Gaiden or an homage to Ninja Gaiden. And it's very, very, very tough. And I'm on a boss right now that's been kicking my ass for like 
four straight days and I just keep getting closer and closer to killing him, but can't do it. And I'm just now that Pokemon's out, I was like, I don't have to play this now. Dude, I'll go back to like... it. I'll go back to it when I have nothing else to play in the switch. So what have you been playing Daryl? Man, I've been playing a bunch of stuff. So um, actually it's funny as I'm talking about it right now, I was posting into the backlog beatdown group, uh, which you can do that if you want to be a part of our backlog beatdown event um, that I, Noah and I smashed out the uh, campaign of fear three on PS three today. So congratulations. It was awesome, dude. The game is so freaking good. Like, and the co-op is ext- it's it's awesome. They the the co-op is excellent in Fear 3. Um first person shooter, horror, psychological horror game. Uh the language is a little rough and I, I didn't, you know, I typically don't play a lot of um you know mature games with the kids and and you know, I try to be mindful of some of that stuff. And uh, I was like, you know what? We'll play it. And if the language is bad, because it says on there, it's rough. You know, I was like, well, if it's bad, we'll just turn the, you know, the individual volume down for typically the, the characters or whatever. And, um, and it worked. I mean, it's fine. You know, you turn down some of the environmental volume. You don't hear all the random F words from the soldiers because that's essentially all they do is scream the F word while you're shooting at them. Um, the actual narrative dialogue and the actual campaign story and stuff wasn't, wasn't vulgar. It wasn't terrible at all. And um, the game's a little bloody, a little gory, but I mean, I, we've we've seen worse. So I, I felt pretty good playing it with him. The story was it's it's pretty interesting and wild, <laughs> and I guess we it, it's really it's really cool, man, because like it's it's a it's couch co op, right? Split screen, and so um, I I was player one, he was player two, and you're a bro, you're two brothers, right? But one of them's dead. One of them's like a spirit, you know, that can possess people. It has all these supernatural powers. And then the other is just a soldier, you know, essentially a super soldier. And so I was the soldier. He was the spirit. And as you're doing, like you're killing your enemies and you're you know doing these different things, there's these little like side objectives or challenges that pop up, like stay in cover for a hundred seconds, stay in cover for 200 seconds. Um, uh, one, uh, as a matter of fact, staying in cover for a hundred seconds is uh, called pitching a tent. And then staying in cover for 200 seconds is called uh, uh, Mr. Campy or something like that. And it's, it's a little clever, like little um, little challenge names or whatever. And then um, killing enemies with various guns, you know, do, you know, finding collectibles, whatever, finding these little uh, these these people who are already dead in the map and you can share the, um, I guess experience you pick up from that, or you can steal it if you're playing competitive against your co-op partner to see who gets the, the higher score during each level. And I didn't really understand that the score, like they call them intervals for each level. And I didn't really understand the score until you beat the game. When you beat the game, the ending is decided by who has the most points. So, and the very final sequences of the game, it comes down to this, this decision. This, do you make the good decision or the bad decision? And then the bad decision was determined based on who got the, the you know, or the each decision is just determined on the score. And of course, Noah won. He beat me out on score because he's an, uh, an amazing gamer. And so, like, we got the bad ending. I would I would call the bad ending because we got you know he won you know, and it was it was awesome. It was just so cool. Like it was it's a six hour campaign. Probably took us seven and a half hours today. Um, and it was just good, man. It was just a really good time. It had some really eerie spots. It had some, you know, just some overly you know, action shooty 
Call of Duty ish spots. I mean, the whole game's a a, a pretty pretty wide open shooter. Um, but it was good. It, it was just a random game that I had brought down. So my my family was on vacation this week, and I and I stayed home and watched the pups and um and worked. So I brought a handful of games into the game room, and I was like, I'm gonna sit on these new recliners that I bought, and I'm gonna play video games and watch movies until I pass out every day. And that's what I did. And uh and so Fear Three was one of the games that I grabbed. I was like, I've always heard this game is good. I had never finished the first game. I never touched the second game, but I hear the third game. Is the best one of the th- of the three. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to jump in and play it. And you know, I didn't play it by myself because I didn't make it that far due to the other games I'm about to talk about. Um, but yeah, dude, we my sons, we were sitting there and we we're like, like you want to play it? Let's try it. If it's if it's too bad, we'll turn it off. You know, no big deal. And it was awesome. We had a great time. So put some points on the board for that one. As I said. Um, Later in the uh, episode, my son and I, I might have already said it. I, I toasted to it. That's right. Um, we went through Resident Evil Remake. That was like the big, that's probably like the highlight of the week for us. Just uh, knocking out Resident Evil Remake. That was such a fantastic experience um, playing that with my son and just, you know, re- going through that game again. I haven't beat Resident Evil Remake in so many years. Like I've played it a few times on PS3. I've never played it on PS4, although they share the same trophy list, which I didn't realize that. So, but I, ne- I haven't beat the game and I, and you have to beat the game multiple times to get all the trophies. And like, there's different endings. There's different characters you can save. And man, we had a good time. We got the good ending in Resident Evil remake. We saved everybody on Jill's scenario. Uh, so it was awesome. We had, it was just, it was really good. And we're going to go back. He's, he was so into it. He's like, let's go through it again. This time let's play Chris's campaign. So totally going to do that. And um, we, we might have a new thing, you know, me and my son playing through the Resident Evil franchise. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to push it, but we, uh, we definitely have enjoyed ourselves. So um, uh, outside of that, uh, I beat uh, DMC Definitive Edition. Now, I know, Joe, you've played DMC, right? Yes, I, I love DMC. I actually think it's a really good game. I think um, Ninja Theory... Was Ninja Theory or Team Ninja that did that? It was uh, Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory did an amazing job God, um, did. modernizing um, uh, Devil May Cry, and I really wish they would do another one, honestly. I do, like, so badly. But I, they can't happen now, because aren't they owned by Microsoft? That's correct. So, yep. <laughs> It was, but you know what? It was a good game. Like, and I, it was one that I slept on because I played it on PS3 originally, played the first mission and was just like, eh, I don't like the red hue, you know, just like all the, the filtering that they used. Um, Dante's a little, uh, he's, a, he's trying to be punk rock, you know, it's a little sassy for me. I was like, ah, I wasn't feeling it. And I never finished it. I was like, I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't my Dante. I was like, okay, cool. And then, of course, all the you know things I had heard were the same things. I was like, you know what? Um, not for me. So that was one of the games that I've just had on my radar that I was like, I need to go back and try this again because I don't think that I gave it a fair shot. And sure enough, went back. This is what I did. So I started this past Monday and I was like, oh, it looks like it's roughly a 12 hour game, you know, 12 to 15 hour game. I might be able to knock that out this week after work you know, every day since I don't have to do anything but come home and hang out with the dogs. So, and dude, I put it in and I couldn't turn it off. Like it clicked. It was just what I needed in the moment. Hack and slash, 
super fun. The combo system's great. The story was awesome. You know, telling a prequel to, D- to Devil May Cry, essentially. And then the story with your brother Virgil, so good. And then that whole thing with Lilith and Mundus's child and everything. Like, I had no idea any of that was yeah. in there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it was awesome. Awesome, awesome game. It was just oozes with style. I mean, it is so Devil May Cry. It's ridiculous. So totally enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to go back through and play it as Virgil on PS4. But right now I'm playing the PS3 version of DMC because I never finished it. So I started a brand new game. I didn't even try to download my save files. Like, you know what? The game's fun. I'm going to play through it. It's fresh on me. Like I, I'm, I know what the game is and I know, you know, how to play. So I'm like, I'm just going to go. So I'm just a uh, matter of fact, you know, while we're podcasting, you know, when I'm not talking, I'm just kind of smashing away and, and, uh, and playing through it. So enjoying that. And outside of that, the only other thing I think I really need to bring up and it might be, it might be old news. I might've already mentioned it. Well, I beat, that says I beat SpongeBob hero pants. Yeah. I think you said, I think, uh, I don't know if you said it on the show. I know you, I know you beat it this week. All right. So I beat, um, SpongeBob hero pants. Uh, I started a Senra Kagura Peach Beach Splash, and it's not good. Uh, this is <laughs> this is one of the games that uh, uh, one of our patrons pledged, a Patreon producer at the time pledged for me to play, and I've made it through all the games I've been pledged to play up to this point. This is my fourth or fifth one. I'm not sure. Um, I've already been warned that I'm getting ready to get tagged again next month, so February I'm going to get hit again. But I'm playing through Senra Kagura Peach Beach Splash, and I beat the kind of the opening tutorial area and maybe the first mission. Um, well, it's broke down into like each, um, I guess, event is broke down into 10 missions or whatever. Um, not a great game. Not, it, it's, it's not great. I'm not loving it. So um, this is one I'll beat. I'll do my review on, but uh, as my first initial take on it is this, I'm not so hot on it. And then the only other thing I guess I need to mention, maybe I didn't mention it last show because I did it on Sunday, is uh, I platinum Sims Four. So maybe I did say that. I don't know. No, I think I, th- I don't think you did because if you did last Sunday, there would would have been no time to say it because we haven't done a show. Since there then. you go. So yep, I did. Uh, I platinum Sims Four. It's a slog. Um, not a good game. Uh, I never liked Sims games. I specifically did this one for the trophy competition we were in. For the GTTSC, um, the Great True Trophies score competition, we were eliminated Monday at eleven. So, unfortunately, I platinum the Sims Four for absolutely nothing, and I spent way too many hours trying to get some of these buggy trophies to pop. So, um, definitely have some trophy tips for that one. The first tip would be don't play it. The second tip would be if you do, if you do play it and you're planning on going for the platinum, to um, there's a there's a, the the buggiest trophy on the list is called Channel Surfer, and basically what you have to do is you have to create like one of the best TVs and one of the best stereo systems, and you have to listen to every um, radio station and you have to see, watch every television show. What? Um, yeah, and it's it's frustrating because I did it for literal hours, Joe. I did. I, ha- I actually sent a picture to our trophy competition group that I'm in where I had every single radio, every single version of every single radio um, lined up on the side of a house. Mm-hmm. And I had every radio station playing 
and it wouldn't pop. And I was, it's so, so aggravating. And I, I made different versions of the TVs and they wouldn't pop. And one of the things you got to do that's also frustrating is you have to destroy old tech to get the materials you need to upgrade the stuff. It's not like it's a quick, you know, spawn in a TV and then you get the trophy. You have to deconstruct things to, to get the tech so that you can boost these things up to get extra channels. And so what I did was I, I found a, People have uploaded families that you can download that have like lots of money and have like um, like different people with different skills. So it's not so you don't have to spend hundreds of hours to platinum the game. You can spend, you know, six to 10 hours to platinum the game. Mm -hmm. Like some of the trophy guides said you can do it in less than six hours. I just, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't see it. Everyone in my group had six to 10 hours in it because some of these trophies were buggy and they just wouldn't pop. So, with this one in particular, the trophy tip would be once you build the radio and once you build the TV, you need to switch to the channels on the television, switch to the channel. And then when you go to switch to the next channel, turn the TV off and then turn the, when you turn it off, it will automatically switch to the next channel you selected. Um, that might not make sense if you haven't played the Sims, but essentially you get almost like a cue like a command queue where it's like, I want you to do this and then I want you to do this. And I want you to do this and it'll do it in real time. Mm -hmm. So what you'll do is like turn on the action channel and then turn on the comedy channel and then turn off. And then, so what it'll do is it'll turn on the action channel, turn the TV off, turn it back on to the channel you want to see. And then do that for all the channels. Then for the radio, you click the radio station you want to listen to. And then you, turn it off and then there when you go back to your commands it'll say listen to and then it'll have like the last radio station you chose if you click that command instead of just cycling through what you want to listen to it will work the trophy will pop and so and what i did was i went into some of these forum sites and i put on there exactly what i did because this frustrated me so bad and i started reading conversations where people were like yeah so i did this i did this i did this and i found a couple different methods but when my when my method worked i was like okay this is legit what you got to do so yeah definitely stay away from sims 4 unless you just are a sucker for punishment and you want a 6 hour pl platinum that's just not worth your time so um but for me, I needed I I popped a bunch of the Sims trophies for an event we were in for the for the competition, and then to try to keep us in the competition because we were getting ready to get eliminated. I was like, I got to get a, a high score in platinum. This is the closest one I've got primed up, and we ended up losing anyways. But hey, the list is complete. I don't have to ever revisit that game again. So. That's me, man. That's that's a, I've I've had a pretty good week. I've had a little bit of trash in it, you know, like not like great quality games. Um but as far as like quality stuff, man, uh DMC, Lego DC Super Villains, Resident Evil and Fear 3, like those are all home runs. All great great games. So You got anything else you want to add before we head on over to our no, no, leaderboards and stuff? Nope. Cool. All right, so I'm going to go through the leaderboards in the order I've got them brought up. We're going to start with the True Achievements leaderboard. Normally, I don't start with that one, but I've, that's what I've got queued up first. Um, first place, the Alpha Seagull uh, with 1,700 achievement points. That's a that's a good one. It's a good week. Second place, Sony Pony to You with 710 achievement points. Uh, 
Um, so Seagal was playing some Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and um, uh, CJ, Sony Pony to you, was playing some Ever Forward. I never heard of that game. So, um, third place, uh, our own uh, bearded nerd, he is in third place with 610 points playing some Rainbow Six Extraction. So, unfortunately, Zach couldn't be with us tonight because uh, his power went out. So, it sounds like he's probably getting hit with some snow and there's a little bit of an outage. So, um, so yeah, definitely. And then we'll go ahead and read fourth place while we're at it. GDI Master Ace with 545 um, achievement points playing some Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's a big game, buddy. That's a big game. So, we'll bounce out of there and head over to the um, True Trophies leaderboards. Um, I tried to update it. Let's see if we'll refresh one more time. There we go. There we go. Okay. Um, first place, the Affectatious Donk with 503 trophies, still killing the GTTSC competition. So CJ and his team are going to win this thing, 100%. Um, you got Resident Daryl in second place with 96 trophies. It was a good week for me. Um, my last couple trophies were in Fear 3. I actually have popped a few in DMC on PS3 yet, but I haven't, I haven't seen my trophies yet. So I might have broke 100. We'll see. Uh, Redbeard Rick in third place with 71 trophies. He just beat Spider-Man Remastered. What a great version of that game. Oh, that's, that's the best version of that game. It's really good. So good. It took a great game and made it greater. How do you knew that? Um so we've got uh we got some new people in the uh in the uh the the group in the tr- leaderboards. Good lord, I can't talk. Uh I'm gonna read uh fourth place fourth place is the grounded gamer. Shout out Corey uh for 70 trophies. He's uh playing some uncharted legacy of thieves collection. And then uh, we have a new contender, the Steigen Wolf uh Steigen Wolf 4. 32 trophies playing some Life is Strange True Colors on PS4. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Steigen Wolf. I hope I'm saying that right. So that's very awesome. I love seeing new people in the group, man. I love seeing, seeing new people in the leaderboard because that really, when you jump into the leaderboard, that means you're not only listening, but you want to participate in in the the uh, the festivities. So it's very cool. Very cool. There's a few other ones I haven't noticed in a while. So we got dad underscore ruiner in here. Shout out to dad ruiner. Uh, and then uh, I think we've already shouted out the Belgian brawler before because he's made it into the top. So if you are in the leaderboards, thank you so much for joining in. We love to shout you guys out uh, just for playing your games. You ain't got to be super competitive like CJ, um, someone who's you know, working hard every day to stay at the top of the leaderboards. Um, you could be a casual like us dress casual. So the last community um, leaderboard I'm going to read out will be our backlog beat down the BLB three uh, in first place. We have CJ with 28 points uh, straight kill in the game. I don't care what anybody says you play what you want. All right. We set very fair and very enjoyable rules, accessible rules for everybody. So uh, you, know, you guys fall in that. Definitely keep posting your points. I don't want anyone to back out. I don't want anyone to bail because some people are criticizing what they're playing. Let everybody do their thing. Trophy. Um, bow, wow, wow. I got Resident Daryl in second place with 25 points. I'm coming for the gold. I'm coming for the top this this year. I'm not losing my own event ever again. So <laughs> freaking uh, beat some games this year. All right. In third place, we have Diego uh, with 21 points. We were actually... Um, we were actually tied a lot this week. 
And then I was I was managed to pull out ahead, knocking out some games. See, when most of my family has COVID, we can't go and do anything. So I'm stuck here playing games, man, straight killing it. We're going to play some games all night long. Uh, next, we got Gareth Davis with 18 points, Joseph Priestley with 12, JT with 10, Corey with 8, Noah the Builder with 8, Redbeard Rick with 8, and Zach Ledford with 8. That's a nice little tie we got going on there, fellas. Got to break it loose. Uh, then we got Jared with 5. We got MZ with 5. We got Homer Gets Duff with 4. We got uh, the Sondasaurus Rex. We got Alex in here with 3 points. Good to see Alex joining in. We got Yield with 3 points. Look at that. We got all the trophy horrors over here. We I told they'll be tricky this year. Oh my gosh, dude! That is the goal. That is the goal for all those guys. To be, see, tricky. He's at he's at a disadvantage now. We took out all the spam, so he can't. He he he's got to he's got to relearn how to play games. Like his gaming history shows, he can do it, but he's just you know relied on spam for so long. And he's got to he's got to relearn. It's like like learn how to walk again. So. <laughs> We got uh, Jim in here with two points. I'm styling on your bro with two points. James the Nerd and John Michael, Kali, Levi, Spider Packs, and Tricky all with two points. So shout out to John Michael. We've had him on the show. Uh, we call him Game Squat. Uh, he actually just beat Control and was oh, having a great blast. game. Shout dude. out to him. Awesome. Yeah, dude. He was coming off of a, a, almost like a gaming mental breakdown where he had played so many consecutive open world games that were so huge that he burned himself out. And Don't do that, bro. Don't do that. He did the same thing uh, Frosty did, man. Played all these big games back to back to back and then switched over and just started playing Magic. So, uh, so John Michael has found a love for shorter, more narrative-driven games, and he is just—it's—it's it's good seeing him excited again because we work together. So he comes into work, he's like, "Oh, dude, oh my god, I played tr- Control. I saw this boss. I did this thing." So, shout out to John Michael for you know what I'm saying getting on the board, man. It's good to see that that happened. So, um, that was our backlog beatdown. If you're listening to the show and you're new to the Loot Bros. And you want to participate in any of those things that you just heard, whether it be the Loot Bros leaderboard or it be the backlog beatdown. This is all you got to do. Go into the Facebook groups we uh, and just post screenshots of the games you beat. We'll add you to the backlog beatdown. Just use the hashtag BLB3. All right. Uh, we have YouTube videos or YouTube ripouts of the of the rules. We've got a backlog beatdown three uh, event with the with the. All the information in there. Excuse me, a Facebook group with all the information in there. And, um, you know, if a game, the campaign of a game or the story of a game is over an hour, it counts. Um, if the platinum or 100% is over five hours or more, that counts as points. The way the points breakdown works is if a game came out in 2022, it is one point. And if a game came out in before 2022, it can be eligible for two points. All you got to do is uh, post screenshots of your trophy stamps or your completion credits of the game, and we will count it and log it in. What do you think about that, Joe? Uh, I think all those rules sound great, and we're not changing them, so suck it. Hello? Can you hear me? Sorry, I have my mic muted. So my my kids were fussing behind me, so I muted my oh, mic. It's like you just cut out. I was <laughs> no, like, oh, well, whatever. No, my kids were fussing behind me, and I was uh, I muted my mic, and um, I kept clicking the button, but like I don't know. I guess I mute. I it's hit the button it, so, so much. It's, it's all good. It, it, it's like it's like my dude Road Dog, Road Dog, and uh, Billy Gunn always said, 
We got rules for you. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. That's right. If you're not, we're not down changing with that. them. That's right. And it's all for fun, man. It's all for fun, baby. I am not I'm not going through this every time. We're not never, we're not changing the rules. Never changing. Never Don't gonna ask. never gonna change them. All right, so no exceptions. We had one, just one, community question this week, and that is from our boy, Matt G. And uh, he wrote it in because our guest is coming up later in the show. It was definitely um, for our guest. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the conversation was going so well, it, I, I didn't think about working it in. So my bad, Matt. But we we're going to answer your question here because we both have some stories that we want to tell, I'm sure. So Matt writes in, he goes, what is the um, the what was your uh, holy grail? Is what we're going to call it? Yeah, uh, the the holy grail of your collection, like a toy or game, action figure, whatever. You know, what is something you have, Joe? That is like your most prized possession. Oh, I don't know. Like that's a tough one. Because do I go with price or do I go with what it means to me? Do both. I mean, if I go by, if I go by price. I don't know. I have, I mean, I have multiple copies of, of Fire Emblem, um, Radiant Dawn. They're a couple hundred bucks. I have a copy of Lunar Silver Star Story. That's worth a couple, that's worth a hundred bucks. Um, I would say my most prized game that I own is my copy of Disgaea because it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I actually have my original box for it. I don't have the original disc, unfortunately, because I sold it, but I kept, but for some reason, that's when I was in my phase where I was putting my games in. Like, you know when you used to put your games in, like, sleeves? Yep. And everyone was in that phase of, like, oh, you can carry more games in a sleeve book, and they just carry the book with you. You don't have to carry all these cases. Yeah. So I have the original case, but I don't have the original. I have a PS2 2 Classics version of the disc, unfortunately. I would love to go and find an original version of it, but that and, I, and, my, and my, uh, my DS copy of Disgaea, those are probably my two favorite games in my collection or my holy grail pieces um yeah so just to be clear matt's matt's actual question was do we have any niche toy or game collections that we're particularly proud of but i could not in the moment get my notes to load so i was awesome well i'll answer that one then Uh, (laughs) i was trying my best to shoot from the hip without stopping the show because it just um, load, but yeah so yeah anything so i collect so i collect wrestling figures but i think my my favorite niche figures that i collect are these they the, so hasbro came out with or not hasbro mattel came out with these um retro inspired wwe figures that took all the modern wrestlers and made them into hasbro figures basically like you know the ones that had like yep. the, the the like punching arm or the body slam or the karate chop oh yeah they made like they made like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman and John Cena in those style of figures, and they're my favorite. I actually kickstarted the, um, well, not kickstarted. I did the Mattel's Creation Factory where they they sell like like packages of figures, but they're like you have to like basically kickstart them. So I did the retro set for that, and you get like a Cowboy Bob Orton, a uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Or Roddy Piper, and I can't remember who the fourth person is, but there's four people in the set, and it was like fifty bucks. It was very, it was very doable. Fifty bucks for four figures was a pretty good deal. They all come mint on card too, in a package, so they come in a box and then individually packaged in like in a, a mint on card. Like they would look if they were like sold in stores. So they're doing one collection and they're doing another one in the fall. Dude, that's dope. That's yeah, dope. I, I I liked them a lot, and then. The only other thing I could say that's obscure is like 
either either my NECA monster, my my NECA villains collection that I have, my uh, horror villains collection that I have. I have um you yeah. know Chucky from Child's Play. I have Ghostface from Scream. I have Freddy, Jason. I get I get like the major ones that I like, but I like those. They're expensive though. They're like thirty dollars a figure. I, I think that's expensive. I know like that's kind of why I haven't really been collecting figures as much as I used to. They're just getting way too expensive. Yeah, I feel that, dude. And you know what's crazy is like I don't my I spend so much money on video games and stuff that like I have a hard time spending an equal amount of money on action figures, especially since um, my kids are starting to kind of grow out of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of been a little more specific on what we do and don't buy in the house. As for me personally, my niche toy or game collections that I'm proud of would be, I have um, like a decent PlayStation Vita collection. Like I didn't go crazy. And buy everything. And it's niche because obviously Vita wasn't a huge system or anything. Um, but I have like the stuff that I was interested in or the stuff that I really enjoyed, you know, like I've got like a much larger collection of every other system. It seems like, but I'm, I've got a good 50 or so Vita games. Um, and then as far as figures go, like, and I said, I say this later on in the, uh, in the interview, but I do, uh, I do have the majority of the KB toy resident evil figures. I actually might have them all. I don't remember anymore, but I know I had them all at one point in time and my house burnt down. So I've bought, you know what I'm saying? Some replacement figures. I've got a bunch of them still in the box and I've got a, I've got a whole giant bin of them that were loose and I was buying eBay lots of them for a while and then going to the flea market and finding them. And every now and again, I'd find like a liquor with like his missing his tongue. Or one time I found Jill Valentine in the box for five bucks. Whoa. That's a good deal. at, At the flea market, dude, I'm not even kidding you. They had no clue what they had. Um, they were just, it was just some person who had a bunch of random stuff on their table. It was like, Oh, it was a $5 Jill Valentine. Like, yeah, I'll take that. And so, um, I, I really want, I've, I've like, cons- I'll give you $3 for it. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes dude, sometimes I'll haggle. You still got to haggle. You always got to haggle. You gotta, you gotta practice them haggling skills. That's, oh, that's, dude, my my haggle strong. For, that's my, that's my, just a tip for everybody here. Even if you find a steal on something and you know that the person doesn't know what they have, you still got to haggle. Because you got to keep them haggle skills strong. You just do. Dude. I, you so never some, know what they're going to say. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I got to move fast. You know what I'm saying? So you said five bucks, five's on the table, things in my bag. Every now and again, I'll do the haggle, right? Especially, well, I say every now and again. The majority of the time I do the haggle. But at one time in particular, I picked up a sealed copy of Final Fantasy VIII on PS1. Mm-hmm. I think it's the greatest hits version. I don't think it's the original. But even still, this this lady had on her table sealed in the wrapper, and she's like, "Ah, ten bucks." I was like, "I'll give you eight. And she's like, "Sure." And my brother looked like he was about to throw up. He was like, "I can't believe you just got that." That I mean, I bought it right in front of him too, and he totally would have bought it, you know. But like uh, eight bucks for a sealed in the box Final Fantasy eight. <laughs> he was like, "I I hate you." <laughs> I was like, "The only thing it would have made it better if it was Final Fantasy seven, you know." Oh yeah, I mean it's because you know that lady didn't know what she had. No, she had no clue. That's she like that's like when I watch those those videos on YouTube and those guys are like, "Man, I just bought uh uh, I bought everything off this lady's table for forty bucks, and it's like a 3ds, a Switch, and they like don't know what they have." Yeah, 
And I'm like, it's like, yeah, you're taking advantage of whatever the seller, but it's like, well, they were going to sell it regardless. So it's yeah. whether they sell it to you or they sell it to somebody else. I always, I always feel like it doesn't matter because even if they did know what they had, they're trying to move yep. it. That's what yard sale people are trying to do. Yep. They don't care. Absolutely. So, and the only other question we got, and this is the last thing we got for the, for the evening until the interview will be uh, JT writes in and he goes, how do you 100% Nintendo games without the adrenaline of an achievement system? Oh, I can answer this one. Uh, so I think it's a different beast and it's a much more laid back beast because while there's still like a goal in an end game, I just feel like it's a much more natural goal in Endgame, Daryl. It's not the same as like going for a platinum, or it's just a it's just a one hundred percent old school, one hundred percent completion. Like yeah. you gotta be in it to win it. You're not. There's no like. There's nothing pu- pushing you to get the hundred percent except your actual enjoyment for the game. Yep, your pure enjoyment for the game is all that's going to push you to get you know to be a completionist on a Nintendo console, and that's okay. Like. I think that's great that people want to, you know, complete Nintendo games or any game that they play. But for me, like, like people ask me, like, why do you just keep playing Harbor Warriors? What drives you to just keep playing the game over and over again? And what, what is driving you to want to complete the game? It's because I love the game. Like, if I didn't love if I didn't love playing a game, I wouldn't play it. And I say, like, I don't think that's true for PlayStation. There's been a lot of crap I've just played for trophies. Like, I'll be real. And even when I play remasters, I don't always do you always do you always watch all the cutscenes every game you play or like when you play a remaster, do you skip through it? Um, it depends, man. So like um like I'll give you an example. Resident Evil, I've seen those cutscenes a thousand times. Um, but I like them. So I'll watch them. Uh with Devil May Cry DMC, I just literally played through the game, saw all the cutscenes. So like right now I'm skipping the cutscenes and just getting to the action. That's fine. I mean, I I, th- I think that's it's everyone plays their own way, and I don't think anybody should be shit on for the way they want to do how they how, play how play how you want to play is what I what I have to yep. say. But like, I just think it takes a different kind of person to play a Nintendo game to completion than it does a trophy hunter because again, there's nothing driving you to that end goal except your pure enjoyment for the game. Or yep. and I I would say like there's usually never a good completionist bonus at the end. That's what I've always learned. And that's what I've learned by watching like the completionist show is like, it's never the juice is not always worth the squeeze as they say. So yeah, <laughs> like you, I don't think you get anything for completing Harbor Wars except beating it <laughs> or, or 100% it except 100% it. There's nothing else. Yeah. But, and that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll tell you how much of a broken person I am, Joe. <clears throat> I played Resident Evil 5 on the Switch last year, and I loved it. It was awesome. It plays great. It looks amazing on the Switch screen. I was playing in my truck, you know, just sitting on my lunch breaks, just having a good time. And I love Resident Evil 5. Like, it is just one of my all-time favorite games. Comfort food. You know, I've said all the, all the things I've said on the show for so many years. And it is such a dive. It, okay, so that's where the divide starts, right? Don't get me wrong. That's where the real divide starts between fans. Is Resident Evil Five? That's Te- where- technically four. Realistically, even though it was so critically well received, the the hardcore don't like the. So you so you've got the you've got the fixed camera fans, you've got the third person over shoulder fans, and you got the first person fans. You've got the horror plus puzzle fans. You've got the horror plus action fans, and then you've got you know, the first person scare, you know, jump scare fans. 
And there's always a divide, you know, now that we have three, it's essentially three major franchise, you know, our mainline changes. There's a group for each of them, but yeah, five is where it really started to go off the rails because there weren't any real scary parts in five. Five was really built on the co-op system, which was amazing. They did an amazing job with that game. And I I don't even think they even touched how good that co-op system was in six because six didn't really make you have to do co-op segments where you needed to rely on the other person as much as five did. I agree. I agree. And I think but, that's what set five apart from six. And I, 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 li- I love five. I, I, I have such fond memories. It was so <laughs> I didn't have when I lived at my mom's house back in the day, we didn't have Internet at my mom's house because it was like before everybody had Internet before you had to right. have Internet. So like I would steal my neighbor's Internet because they never locked it. And that's how I play Resident Evil five online with my friends. It's <laughs> <That is> amazing. <laughs> until until my neighbors found out and knocked on my door until my mom told my, my mom told me to cut it out. And that's when I, that's when I paid for my, fir- my internet on my own for the first time. That's amazing. Well, to, to get back to the reason why I brought Resident Evil five up is the switch port has the Xbox achievement system in it. So when you do the task that would get an achievement pop, it pops up just like, I don't know. Maybe it's the PC version. Either way, it's, it's really? A, yeah, you get an achievement. It says achievement unlocked, and it has like a little a little pop up in there. I think it's the PC port. Now that I'm that I'm thinking back on it, but either way, okay. and it's there, and it's cool, and it's like, oh man, I get my little dingy, my little dopamine rush. But the problem is, there's nowhere outside of in game to view that. You know? Oh, there isn't. Even though they pop, there's nowhere. Right, like you can go in there's the game no screen. And- there's no screen that. You can go and right check. with like a whole hundred percent list or anything like no that. No way, there has to be because why would they pop if there's no dude? I don't know, man. Is that something they just didn't take out of the game? That was my thing. I think they left it in the game, but like, it, but I'm what I'm saying is, I, I mean, there's like menus in the game where you see the things that you you, you can and can't unlock, but like, there's no because you have to buy figures and things like that. But like, there's no like outside of the game itself. Like, there's nowhere to, to view that stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean. There's, there's no, they pop, but they don't do anything, you know? And, and this is one of the, this is how broken I am. I could go for the pop because I know what to do to make them all pop. But I was like, I don't, it's not worth it. It's, I just don't want to do it. Like I, even on a game that I love so much, I don't want hundred percent on that platform because at the end I of the see. day, wow, wow, wow. At the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's for nothing, you know? Like it doesn't, it doesn't amount to anything. It's just like, oh, I did it. And um, I don't know. I just I'm so deep into the trophy and achievement system that like it's got to be for something or I can't do it. So, but that's just me being broken. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think it's you being broken. I just think it's the way you prefer to play now. Your your play style has changed. Like yeah. the way you see gaming has changed due to due to trophies and achievements. And I feel like a lot of ours have because that's what we're that's how we play games now it's it's like when people look yep. at nintendo like oh man I, the only thing nintendo really lacks is a achievement system and if they had an achievement system it'd be like oh man they'd be up with the big boys and a lot of people believe that like that's what sets them yeah. apart that they still don't have a, a trophy or achievement system i mean we're getting close to 20 years of having this kind of stuff now so it's like 
I don't know, man. I don't, you know, I don't have too much longer. And that's going to, I will have been playing for trophies and achievements longer than I played before that, you know? So, yeah, because like 2006 is when the Xbox 360 came out and that's when the achievement system launched. So, you know, we're getting, we're not too far away from that. But either way, that is all we have for community questions. Thank you guys so much for writing in. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we are going to head over to our interview. Um, Joe, it's been a good show, man. Yeah, man. Bros podcast. Going to talk about video games and mow your grass. Blue Bros podcast. We're going to slurp and talk about penises. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and tonight I got Johnson, Jam, and Joe. Hey, what's up, guys? And we've been teasing it. We've been promoting it. We've been talking to you guys, saying that we are going to have Jay Bartlett from the Nintendo Quest documentary on the show. Uh, We got him here tonight. Jay, how are you doing? what's up brothers i'm doing great um yeah thanks thanks for having me i've been looking forward to it i think we've been booked for about a month or so now so yeah this is this is going to be great you guys seem like a bunch of fun dudes man we try we try we appreciate the kind words and so uh before we get into all the business i will put all the links to all things that you do um and you know links to where we can see your work into the show description um so jay why don't you kind of start us off and tell everybody kind of uh, I know the Nintendo Quest isn't the only thing you're known for. So why don't you uh, kind of take a minute, get yourself acquainted with our audience and let everybody know what it is you do and where they might know you from. Uh, yeah, um, Nintendo Quest was kind of our first uh, endeavor. Um, way back in 2013, we started shooting that. And I say we, uh, being my my partner, uh, my teammate, I should say, who's Rob McCallum. He's a, just a wonderful filmmaker. And he called me because he knows I'm an avid collector of many things. And he's like, hey, dude, I want to do a collecting doc. Do you want to be involved? I'm like, yeah, so what's it about? And he basically said, I want to follow three collectors around. You know you know how you guys go to game stores and comic book shops, you know, once a week or once a month, right? You guys do that, I'm sure, kind of thing. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. So he's like, I want to follow three collectors around <clears throat> your weekly or monthly routes and just to see. And I'm like, yeah. And then we kind of brainstormed. I'm like, you know, that's kind of cool, but that's not very interesting, which is hilarious because, like, that's what YouTube is now, right? Is pick up videos and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. um, so I didn't think it was that interesting of a premise. Um, and then we kind of tweaked it a bit. And he wrote this idea. Uh, he's like, basically, how, how would you like to try and do it in 30 days? And I'm like, do what? He's like, he's like, get everything get get all of the the games and i was like well i knew if i said yes to it i would have to do it on some level um so i had to you know think about it financially think about it psychologically because i mean that's it sounds fun guys but oh dude it's so stressful um everything is real nothing is scripted so as soon as we started filming there was 30 days for my portion so you know, sometimes I had to work my day job. Sometimes I couldn't make it. And so I think it boiled down to 17 days on the road. That's insane. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a full 30 days. I, I couldn't just like leave my job and kind of just be like, well, I'll see you later, world. I'll be back in 30 days. No, it wasn't like that at all. 
Um, anyway, uh, so we came up with the idea to shrink it down a bit just to make it more, uh, a little more focused for the audience. So we decided to do the retail releases. So the games that were one licensed and two retail releases. So this excluded Flintstones, Surprise at Dinosaur Peak, which was a <laughs> blockbuster rental. Uh, a lot of the Bible games, the unlicensed stuff, the Tengen stuff, that stuff didn't count. Thank goodness. I forgot all about the Bible game where you got to Noah's Ark. Yeah. You got to go get all the little animals and stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah, as made famous by James Rolfe. Yeah, his videos on that early stuff are just great. Um, so we... we came down to the number of 678 which you know i've gone back and forth with you know professional gamers and stuff and they say that's not the number that's the number we came up with was 678 uh licensed retail nes carts and there we go Dude, that's how we begin yeah i i've thoroughly enjoyed the documentary <clears throat> um there was there's a few things that really stuck out to me that i want to ask you some questions about uh, but sure. we'll get there eventually. I kind of want to, uh, you know, since you did Nintendo Quest, now what other things have you have you done? What what other things can people uh, check out? Uh, that's funny because it's <laughs> it's funny when you shoot something. It seems like a lifetime ago. I uh, you know it was released in 2015, but it seems like such a long time ago. Uh, right after that, we shot the tour. So we toured the film around North America. So we shot individual episodes where we went to video game stores within the city we're in so la vegas etc uh you know austin houston and rob and i had kind of a, like a little bet going where he had five games to get and i had five games to get and it was whoever got the list it was more uh diluted um wasn't as serious so it was that's called the nintendo quest power tour and that one's just a riot it's a lot more uh we're a lot more relaxed for that one uh as of recently, I have a show on uh, TV here um, called Action Figure Adventure, which is me working closely with the charity that I believe in, which is the Children's Health Foundation, which is basically the children's hospital here in Ontario, Canada. And so it's the same premise. I go around and uh, collect Holy Grail items using my own money. Um, at the end of the season, we auction them off and all the proceeds go to Children's Health Foundation. So there's that. Very and cool. at the same time, on the same network, we have the Jay and Rob Toy Show, which is a professionally shot podcast. It's just Rob and I talking about toys. <laughs> so those are the main bread and butter right there. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, so I wanted to just kind of touch on something real fast, and then we'll turn things over to Joe. Joe's going to drive the show the majority of the time. He's, like I said, he's our resident Nintendo guy. Um, and it was uh yeah thanks to Joe for reaching out to you to having you on so I don't want to hog up too much of the conversation but I did want to ask there's a there's a point in time in the Nintendo Quest documentary where you mention being in a band and you actually have someone in your band it says one of Jay's bandmates uh, yeah. in, in the mix of the conversation what are are you still playing music I mean is it what 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 was the band uh, name oh, yeah. and all that stuff yeah yeah that's that's my buddy Joe oddly enough there you go so popular name <laughs> there um you go. Joe's still in my band to this day. It's a new um, iteration. We're kind of just doing covers and messing around. I've, I'm a drummer by trade, so since I was 13, um, I'm in my 40s now, and I've always been a drummer. And this year, I uh, picked up the guitar again. So now I'm the guitarist in this new band, and he's the drummer. So it's a lot of fun. So this one we're going to get into writing eventually, but right now it's just uh, jamming on cover songs, as you know, 
with the state of the world, you can't exactly go out and get gigs now. So um, we're kind of just doing basement jamming and stuff like that. And the band back then was called Astoria. Okay. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Did you guys, um, did you guys at the time do any kind of touring or any, you know, play a bunch of gigs and stuff like that? Or was it a oh, jam yeah. band? We were doing two and three gigs a week almost. Uh, just touring around Ontario, nothing you know worldwide or anything crazy like that. But oh man, it was so fun. I love I love being on the road, as you can tell. It's one of yeah. my favorite things. Um, I just love going to new new cities, new towns, and just the the culture shock of you know being in somewhere like L.A. and then going to somewhere like you know Texas. It's completely different. Yeah. Um. I really enjoy that though. I enjoy all walks of life. So yeah, I miss doing that stuff. Heck yeah. It's funny. Cause as I was watching the documentary, I'm like, man, this is very much like being, being on tour. Uh, I've been in a band for years and we've traveled, oh, <laughs> we've, we've traveled all over the place, man. We went all up and down the Southeast. We've gone to the Midwest, um, played some, we played a giant festival in uh, Bushnell, Illinois with, uh, some huge, huge, huge bands, thousands of people there. Wow. And uh, so we got to do a lot of cool stuff and I'm sitting there watching it. And like uh, a lot of the, you know, the candid footage of you guys in the, in the van and talking, or even in the hotel rooms and stuff, I'm sitting there just like, Oh man, that's like, these guys are touring, but they're touring to pick up games. This is freaking awesome. <laughs> it, it was. And then we toured to uh, promote the movie, which um, I don't want to say it was more fun. Like I said earlier, it was more relaxing, but we got to go to each theater and, uh, uh, it was really cool for me because Rob, um, we got well, we didn't get, but we had Mark Hamill's, um, you know, don't talk during the movie promo showing before yes. every single one of our screenings. Awesome. So that That's that great. meant a lot to me. Yeah, um, yeah, man, I miss music. I, I sympathize with you. It's it's above anything else. Video games, toys, music is my number one. It's my favorite thing to do, hands down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, same here, man. Like, uh, it's funny, actually. I got a house full of uh, of COVID infectees, and um, oh, yeah. we're supposed to be in the studio tomorrow night. My drummer, he has uh, a large portion of his house renovated and turned into a, a recording studio. Oh, and cool. um, we took uh, we took several years off of playing once we all started having kids and stuff. And the past few years, we've been, re- you know, rewriting some of our older songs, re-recording them, re-releasing them every couple months, and. Uh, you know, we're not we're not doing any kind of gigs or, or any kind of like definitely not no kind of traveling right now um, until this album's done. And it has just been taking. So it's crazy because like we started off, we started this thing off at the end of 2019. We like made an announcement post. We're like, here, here's a song we did, like a Christmas song. We got like, dude, like 10,000 plays on Spotify in no time. It was crazy, wow. crazy. And That's then, uh, a, it's a, quite an achievement. Well, I mean, it, it died after that because <laughs> it was like wow, yeah. it was a year almost before we released another song because our drummer got COVID, I got yeah. COVID, um, you know, and just uh, our, our vocalist ended up getting COVID. I mean, Grant, these are all like m- a few months apart from each other, but be- he was touring in a band at the time, um, a little yeah. uh, Irish folk band, and um, so it was it was really hard to navigate, anyways, because since we weren't the his main source of travel. And his other band was making him a lot more money than we ever made. It was, it yeah. just got really difficult. So here we are two years later, still recording the same album, but now it's like, and I know, you know, this as a musician, it's like once you start something and then you don't finish it, you ha- give yourself so much time to go back and, well, I want to change this. Now nah, I want to change it, this. 
it's almost too much time, right? Yeah, yeah. You, keep- you you're picking uh, you're picking the melodies apart, and you're like, it's never going to resolve. I just got to mm-hmm. let the, I just got to mm-hmm. put out the final song. Um, you know, I'm an old school rock dude. I, I like all genres of music, but rock's my favorite. And you know, I you always see people on Facebook and stuff. They make fun of Motley Crue and Kiss and and the Good Old Boys. And um, you'll understand this, right? The reason these guys are seventy plus still on stage is because you literally can't stop. Right. You can't stop playing music, right? So I don't ever blame those guys for still getting up there, right? It's something that's in you, especially when you play live. Playing on stage is like a rush unlike anything. It's just oh, an incredible agree. feeling, right? So Dude, it's uh it's so funny you say that, man, because like we went 6 years without playing. And then since we've been back in the studio writing the past couple of years, we keep talking about like Oh man, you know, we need to do this, this, and this. And you get so amped, you get so hyped up. And like today I'm sitting there folding laundry and uh, I don't know if any of you guys are like asking Alexandria fans. I've never heard of them. Okay. So they're, um, they were, uh, I don't know if you want to call them an emo, uh, you know, they're more metalcore. Yeah. They were like that, that, or, you know, that synth wave of metalcore that came through that like everybody was kind of adding a little bit of synth and stuff to their, to their yeah. breakdowns and stuff. Well, they went through that phase. And now since 2017, their, some of their albums have been m- way more rock influenced. And, uh, I've just, it's so good. And the, 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 I don't want to say the progression, but like just the maturity of the songwriting and the vocalist's talent, it's just changed so much. And, uh, and so I didn't realize this, but last year they put another album out and I'm like, man, I knew I heard a couple songs off of it, but I didn't know it was out yet. So like all cool. weekend long, I've just had the last three albums. This will make this most recent one on repeat. And oh, great. you just, uh, you just get in the zone, man. I just can feel my heart racing. Like some of these riffs and some of these, these melodies, I'm just like, Oh my God, I, I need to be on stage again. Because when you feel that it's like, it's, yeah, it's addictive. Um, learning guitar at 40 and I, I i shouldn't say i'm starting from scratch i played a little bit in the 90s a little bit but i was always a drummer um and when i picked up the guitar okay this is a sappy story this was in uh it's actually just last month where i learned this song i started in august and i picked it up and i wanted to start doing solos i'm like what do i want to do i'm like well john lennon is my favorite i'm like the first solo I want to learn is a John Lennon solo. So I, I learned to get back on guitar. Jay, you're the Beatles. Beatles. Fan? Oh, yeah, yeah. So am I. So, <laughs> so then I figured out the John Lennon solo for Get Back. And as soon as I completed that, I had like tears in my eyes. It was like the most amazing feeling of all time, man. So, <laughs> I mean, we, dude, we could talk about music forever. <laughs> we really could. <laughs> So, all right. Well, okay. So I got, I got my first question out of the way. I wanted to ask about music. Uh, Joe, uh, the guest is all yours now. <laughs> so Jay, it, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. I know we talked for a few years now, back and forth on messenger, just, you know, shooting the shit and just kind of like talking about different things. But I love Nintendo quest. Like I've watched it <laughs> probably like 20 or 30 times. Like seriously, you and Rob wow. made something very special to me because it, it harkens back to a time when you could go and do something like that. You can go out and collect games like that. And what's your take on that? Like in the collecting in like collecting games in general and how it's changed so much since that the time you guys recorded that. 
Uh, well, we kind of shot just as all this like um, counterfeit and bootleg carts started coming out. I remember in uh, Toronto, which is two hours from me here, which is kind of our big city in Ontario, we ran across a stadium events that was, uh, you know, a reproduction cart, and it was labeled such. They weren't trying to fool anybody. But that's, you know, we really just beat all this counterfeit stuff. And if we shot it today, I mean, I don't think we could have. I mean, who can afford to do that now? Um, James Rolfe, you know, the angry video game nerd, I think is very much responsible for uh, breathing life back into this. I mean, his early stuff is, all his videos are great, but his early stuff, I remember, wow, this guy's making videos on these old 8-bit games. Like, who cares about that? you know, when he would put out like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde video or whatever he put out that week, I would go and check out the cart prices and they would shoot up. They would just explode in value, right? Because everyone wanted the game that he was kind of talking about. Um, I got to say a lot, a lot of the game collecting culture is it's completely different. It's not the same in my eyes. Um, I know a lot, a lot of video game collectors who have bailed completely on the hobby when you go to um you know when you go to a store or a seller and you want to buy like a little samson or something like that and the first thing is to not talk about the game and be excited with the seller you're worried about cracking open the board and looking at the board that's no fun and um i think that uh unfortunately it's like all these things there's people that are out to rip people off and it's just a real shame so, so um, on to piggyback off of what you're saying about cracking open the board and stuff. Like, uh, I'm a game collector, but not like I, there's a there's a certain point that I just don't typically go behind. And usually, oh. I, I'm like PS one and up. Like i I don't sure. shoot I don't shoot for full runs. I shoot for things that I enjoy. You know, like there's games that I like. Now, don't get me wrong, Xbox 360, PS3, PS4, stuff like that. Like I've been buying in bulk and I, in the back of my head, I'm like, ah, maybe one day finish the collection. I don't know. Um, I've got a lot, but, but dude, uh, I, I was, I used to go to the flea markets around here uh, yeah. every Saturday and Sunday morning with my dad. That was always been my whole life. That's like what we do. He collects movies like these guys in the, in your documentary and like these, these avid collectors. My dad has thousands, thousands of movies. Oh, and cool. It's it's ridiculous, man. His whole like he's got like a split level home and like the whole lower level of his house is just movies. And um and so he'll, we'll go to the flea market together and that's just like our that's what we do. That's our our time together. And so I buy a ton of games and there's these guys there. We call them the sharks. But like they're um like your video game nemesis. Um <laughs> I think it was JD or whatever his name was in the uh yeah, in the yeah. documentary. Yeah, they're it's like JD, right? Yeah. <clears throat> They're like that, you know what I'm saying? Like the sharks are our nemesis because they're always there with their little scanners trying to see what things are going for online. And they're scooping stuff up to resell it. And we're over here trying to scoop stuff up just to have it. And uh, I, yeah. I, I, I talked with those guys and they said the same thing, man. Like some of these guys are like, man, I used to have a store. I used to have an eBay store. He's like, but, you know, you will sell like a NES or even a game. He said, and then the customer will get it and then complain that it's not legit and they'll ship it back to you after you, they get their refund and they've taken the motherboards out and they've replaced them with counterfeit ones. 
you know? And he's oh, like, I've never heard that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, man. He said on the seller's end, you know, that like he gets ripped off as yeah. much as the collectors get ripped off on the purchasing end. It was pretty, it was pretty fascinating to see like even the sharks get hit with this new wave of, of just crazy collecting and counterfeit, you know, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of that. I'm primarily in the toy space now. Um, so you see that when the newest wave of what, you know, masters, of the universe figures come out or whatever, you know, you go to a Walmart or, you know, a, a place like that. And these dudes will clear the pegs, you know, it's they'll sad. take every single figure and it's, you know, you don't need, I, I could see, you know, if you're hardcore, you buy one to keep in the box and one to open. We all know that thing, right? But these guys are buying like five trap jaws, five man at arms. It's like, what do you need five for? Oh yeah. Cause you're selling, them, right? You, you find that everywhere. Um, I almost wished it was kind of like the infancy of, uh, let's say the internet again, where when Dreamcast ran supreme in like 98, 99, and a burned game, you could tell because it was a blank disc and it said, you know, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy taxi. And it was like, you know what? You could, you just buy this little boot disc and you could play this bootleg of crazy taxi. I don't condone that, but at least you knew that's what it was, right? Yeah, they couldn't fool anybody, you know. Uh, now, it with, you know, the, the way things get printed out and stuff, like these labels are insane. The NES cart labels are crazy, like these counterfeit ones. Um, yeah. So you mentioned going to Walmarts and stuff and clearing out the shelves. Uh, my uh, the other guitar player in our band, um, shout out Justin Joy. He uh, he is a Ninja Turtle. So he collects Star Wars figures and Ninja mm-hmm. Turtle figures. Oh, and, I got out. I got out early. I got out the Ninja Turtles collecting scenes. Dude, ridiculous. he says it's so bad right now. We were at his house not too long ago, mm-hmm. just jamming. You know, like we all grabbed our gear. So like he 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 dipped out of our band kind of early. You know, into our you know into our years but we still we'll grab our gear go over there let all our kids play you know we'll jam or whatever and um <laughs> we're over there i mean this dude's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of figures there's like he's got this giant what used to be like a three-car garage that's like sealed like walled in and like a sunken den now and er- there's nowhere no space on the walls like he's got stands and shelves and everything in there i mean it's just stuff everywhere and uh, it's awesome but like he he was explaining to me like just how difficult it is like there's certain mornings of the week where he goes yeah i'll have to get up at five in the morning drive a few towns over and there's certain stops where like i know when the truck's gonna be there and if i don't get there early these guys will come in and buy everything and i I won't even get the figures that i'm needing to finish my collection oh man that reminds me so much of like collecting um like wwe figures back in the day or wwf figures back in the day when you had to like show up when the truck was there to get what you wanted. Cause if you didn't, you weren't getting it. You were getting like peg warmer stone cold. They had like 20 of in the box. It's, it's just yeah. I mean, tell your buddy, Justin and Justin, if you're listening, um, divorce yourself from having to have every single figure, man, you drive yourself crazy doing that. I mean, you know, do what you got to do. If it makes you happy to do, if it makes you happy to drive two towns over at five in the morning, Dude, if that's part of your thing, no, I'm being serious. Some people like like the adventure of that, right? I know Absolutely. it's the hunt. Like they can't do the eBay if, thing. If that's your thing, sure. But I mean, there's there's a difference between hunting for something and being stressed out because you have to beat people there. You know what I mean? Because you know that there's going to be scalpers there. They're going to take everything. Just just chill, man. And the thing is, with the toy community, 
first is everything, right? That's on YouTube. That's everything. So whoever yeah. gets the new Stone Cold Austin figure, the first person to put it on YouTube gets all the all the views. It means they get all the money. Uh, same thing. The first people who get that Austin figure put them on eBay. They get the most money. It's crazy, man. Um, yeah. I let I let go of that stuff about a year ago, where it's just like, if I find it, I find it. If I don't, I can wait. I'm not going to stress about this stuff because it's just it's just toys or just games or just whatever. Right? So that that leads me to my next question, Jay, which is how the stress level must have built making the documentary, making the Nintendo Quest for those last like 13 or 14 games that you just couldn't get like in person. Or what was it? What was it? Uh, how many were how many were you short when you finished when you finished 30 days? I got to be honest, man. I I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't I think, know. I, I don't I think, think it was wasn't that many. Yeah. I think it was twenty one or twenty or something like that. I think. And I know you I bought them remember. on eBay and you just got them, right? That's how you finished the collection. If I, if I remember. Come on, right. man! You watched it like eighty times. You said you told me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, um, just a little, just a little thing. Joe's version of watching things is it is on while he's playing video games as well. So, hey, dude, I do that too, man. Ever since Seinfeld came on Netflix, it's twenty four seven on in my. Oh house my here. gosh! I wish my wife would watch Seinfeld with me. I'll yeah. put it on, and she's like, "Can we please watch something else? This is so dry." I'm like, "You it's, know what? No soup for yeah. you." <laughs> Seinfeld, there's there's no middle ground. You either like it or you don't. That's plain as can be. It's not like, oh, it's kind of good. It's like, no, you like it or you hate it. Yeah. Um. The the pressure the pressure was oh man, how do I put this? Really, it was all about stadium events. To be completely honest, um. I'm just my personality. I always want to to get the best. I always want to go for the items that people are always like, oh, you'll never be able to do that. You'll never be able to get that. You'll never be able to find that. Um, you know, there's a bit of Indiana Jones in me. So <laughs> as soon as I knew there was, a, there was a couple different times we went across stadium events. And when I met Todd Curtis and after I left his place, I'm trying to remember here. So I got, <clears throat> bonks and i got little samson mm -hmm. and i messaged him after because he said he might be parting with his second copy of stadium events well i i kind of knew that he would give me first crack at it it was just a matter of when and if so that whole thing at the end with todd and if, if anyone hasn't seen it i'm sorry i'm spoiling it but it came out like six years ago so let's <laughs> um, <laughs> be on the spoiler uh it's worth watching i like my honest opinion even if you know what happens it it's worth watching it's it's, it's very cool very cool and if i may it's not it's not about the video games that make it special i think it's about the people and the friendships and the people you meet and anyway so i knew that if <clears throat> Excuse me. I knew that I was going to have probably a crack at this. So I kind of just laid back a bit. And, and you know, those other ones, I mean, I, I didn't do it in the 30 days, but I think I crushed the expectations because I got stadium events and I got a box and there's only six in existence. And that was at that time. I don't even know what the number is now. But there was only six at the time and I got one of them. So that's, that's awesome. How did it feel to hold stadium events in your hand? Like physically hold it. Like what, what did it feel like the first time you held it in your hand? Because it's like a, it's like a video game holy grail. It's kind of like the first time you touch a boob, Joe. You just never forget it's, it. 
It's it's off. Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah, that's a good analogy. <laughs> um, Joe was like holding it in. He's like, I don't know how he's going to react to that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about that first time. That was this girl. I, my my friend and I met these girls. We were in like grade eight. I remember we went in the forest and hung out. And that was when that happened. But anyway, um, <laughs> that was see that was the first stadium event. <laughs> That was the first event. That's right. Um, how it felt, it really the way Todd had the case, how he has his collection. Um, you felt like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first scene when he's approaching the idol. Honestly, I felt like that because the room's kind of dark. There's just kind of arcade lights, and then the cabinet is just white light, and he has like lights on all the the key games, which are most games in that cabinet. Holding it was great, man. Um, but that first visit is insane because I'm holding that and I still have to go through these two bins on the ground of his doubles. So I'm keeping in mind, okay, there's that. I don't know if he'll sell it, but I still need bonks. I still need little Samson. And uh, I don't, can't remember if there's something else I needed. So there's a lot going through my mind then. It was crazy. So getting the games at the end through eBay... Uh, was as you could see in the movie it's very boring it's not interesting it was kind of just you know finishing what i started um but doing stuff that way is no fun dude i couldn't imagine trying to recreate that in 2022 outside of the counterfeit stuff just everything is so hinged on ebay now which i mean i know it was it was then as well but but like I was, I was joking with Joe before you got on here, I was like, "Man, watching this makes me want to do a PS Vita quest." <clears throat> and because I'm a I'm a huge PlayStation Vita fan, but I was like, "It'd be impossible." Like those, they're, they're just they're just not physically available, and the market just almost only exists for those games on eBay. And I love that that was like the the stipulation, like you can't go to eBay for the 30 day challenge. And it's like, man, that's freaking tough. And that well, really does I, capture. I mean, the, go ahead. You're kind of comparing apples to oranges. And what I mean is, um, Vita is such a niche system, mm-hmm. right? So that would be like trying to collect the Neo Geo carts. Like forget, oh, that. Yeah. you know, it, you probably go, you probably won't even find one store in every city that has them. Right. Vita is very obscure. Um, it'd be like, collecting engage if you guys know what that is oh yes engage it's <laughs> like that um nintendo changed video games they brought video games back to life and to this day i will still stand by that's the most important console in video game history um uh, which is why we chose it that. so yeah so you know the pop-up of all these retro shops um everyone always had nes games so i would agree with you where i would say vita games would be really difficult absolutely I th- I think that um I think at least in my area it would be very difficult to do the NES stuff now as well. I mean I like we don't have like it, that was one of the coolest parts about watching the documentary and one of the things that is so exciting for me as a collector is seeing that you guys went to all these places and they were just loaded loaded with with games everywhere. I'm like man down here in the south you just don't have that. It's just like there might be a small section of the most common yeah. stuff, but I don't think most of the rare games on your list, I don't think I've ever seen in my life in person. Well, there's, there's quite a few I never saw. I mean, I've never, I never seen little Samson up to that point. I heard a bonks adventure on NES, but I mean, 
you know, that was almost news to me. I mean, that was a turbo graphics game, right? And I was like, really? They brought that out on NES, you know? And so a lot of that stuff, yeah, man, it's uh trying to do it today. I, I mean, I still go into game stores. I, I'm still a gamer, you know, here and there. I'm not nearly as, you know, I don't play nearly as much as I used to. But yeah, I'll glance at the NES games and I have this weird, it's funny, I have this weird sick feeling when I look at them, like in stores, <laughs> like I'll see them, you know, piled up and it's like a, a kind of a queasy, like nervous feeling when I see them. <laughs> that's a, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of funny. It's just like, because, uh, it's like PTSD. Sure. I can't tell you, and this is kind of hilarious, a little bit of, uh, you know, backstage info. I bought Tiger Heli, I think, four or five times just because I, I would just lose track. I had an app, right? Um, you got to understand, when, when we roll up to a store, our producer, Mike, and our producer, Jordan, whoever was on the road for whatever leg like, of the tour, would go up to the store. Uh, you know, pitch what we're doing, and they either wanted to be involved or didn't, and they had to sign releases. I had to stay in the stay in the production van. I was not allowed to go in. So every time I enter one of these stores, it's it's totally real. Like everyone else has seen everything in there, but me. Uh, you only get a very very small amount because we have a schedule. So you have a small amount of time, right? I don't get to just stand there all day. So I got to make quick decisions. So <laughs> through all that, I bought a lot of doubles by mistake. A lot of comments. <laughs> Tiger Heli, four or five copies. Give me a break. Dude, that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask was how many. Because, I mean, I know how it is. Like, I have spreadsheets and I have Google Docs and I have notes and I have like, hey, I, and I get a, I get in, in the field. And I'm like, all right, oh, my gosh, there's a bin of games. I don't even look at it, you know, or if I do look at it. I've I bought so many games, so and I'm not even yeah. trying to make a show. I'm just like some dummy that's just buying stuff to put on a shelf that I'll never play. So I was curious to see if you actually did purchase any doubles, or if you intentionally purchased any doubles, knowing that you might need them for trade. Which I know there were certain sections of that, but I didn't know how much more on the back end that was. Uh, there was a few. There was some. There was a lot of oh god, four, four or five hundred hours of footage we had. I think um i mean the original cut was over three and a half hours long and we just oh, we gotta cut get it that down. one where's where's that, where's the where's, where's that rob where's the snyder cut yes yeah, <laughs> you don't want to cut. see that it's the Bartley it's cut, all about yeah. it's all about pacing and there's just there's so many weird situations and encounters that just got left on the cutting room floor just some bizarre stuff that we'll never see the light of day thankfully so that's a new YouTube series you need to release then the uh, Bartlett cut and just in small sections, like how many, you know, <sighs> di- how many times you smelt something really raunchy in a game store. And you're like, man, I got to go through these games, but this cat beside me smells God awful. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a couple of the private collectors. Um, there was one story we were in Texas somewhere and um you guys ever seen Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So this family was reminding me a lot of like kind of that thing. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea. I can't remember how they got in contact with us. But we agreed to meet with them. And I go inside their kitchen. And they have all these Nintendo games on the table. And they have the gold card. They have Zelda. And it's kind of propped up. These are all just carts. right? That's it. No box. No book. 
And and I quickly scanned them. There's like 12 of them. And I'm like, no, I don't need any of those. But, you know, you want to make small talk. There was no small talk. It was all just awkward. And they're all like in a circle staring at us, like the crew. <laughs> and he's like, you got, you know, you got this gold one. And I'm just like, you know, that Zelda, I got it. He's like, oh, well, you know, that's worth like, you know, $5,000. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, no, it's my- not. <laughs> I'm like, it's worth about 30. I'm like, if you found one that's 5,000 at the time, it was probably in the box still sealed. No, no. He's like, this one here is worth 5,000. Like, start to raise his voice. And so I look at Rob and he just nods at the crew and we're like, okay, guys, thanks. And we just start to like back out of the house as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's like that Dave Chappelle skit where he's like, that was the old price. <laughs> yeah. It's a size of dollars Yeah. It's like, I'm no, I mean, I know my games. I, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Uh, I know my games, though, and Zelda's not worth five grand. <laughs> you know? um, and that's another thing that we got knocked on a lot was not showing the prices. And I always like to explain it on these shows. We didn't show the prices because it's now 2022. And the price of Little Samson is not $300 anymore. <laughs> So if we're showing yeah. prices, you know, I don't even know what Samson's worth. Let's say it's worth fifteen hundred now. It would be extremely outdated, and we wanted to create something that would be timeless that you could watch anytime. I got one more question, then I will turn it back over to Joe. Um, this is something Joe and I were talking about before the show as well. Did you have you ever disclosed what your total budget was for the actual purchase of the game or the games? That's the one question I don't answer. Okay, I I, f- I figured yeah. as much. Uh, I figured all that was intentional, but uh, we were joking and back and forth. We we're like trying to figure it out, like how much you think, you know, and kind of shooting numbers. And that's and not meant to 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 cut you guys down or anything. Uh, that's um, because that was from my bank account, right? It was all my money, kind of thing. That's insane. Um, it, it is an an action figure adventure. It is as well, but you know, we show all the prices in action figure adventure because I auction it off. So once I get back what I paid what's the remainder is what goes to charity kind of thing right so that is awesome very cool but yeah for that premise it was like instead of me buying toys for myself you know we still get to go you know across north america see all the cool toys you know take them home for a bit but then they get sold to collectors or whoever buys them and then the proceeds go to children's cells so it's the same but different i mean i think it's actually absolutely amazing like like I, I've watched a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff with like you and Rob or just, you know, you know, the toy show with you and Rob and just you guys talking about how like Rob sold like a bulk, a, a massive amount of his toy collection to fund both, mo- both movies. Correct. We both did. That's, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. I sold, I had a, I'm a really big comic guy. So I sold my comic collection, my entire collection, which would be, you know, uh, <laughs> my Hulk 187. Oh wow! I think it's one eighty one. Sorry, Hulk one eighty one, which would be the first Wolverine appearance. That was my jewel. Wow! And I sold that. I sold them all, man. Yeah, I mean, and that's what funded can, Nintendo Quest. Uh, it, well, it, no, I mean, it was a good chunk of it. So the stuff I sold was basically cash in my pocket, so I could get the games. Plus, I have a bank account, and you know, my job and stuff like that. But, Makes sense, yeah. It was just, you know, if you want anything in life, you know, you have to sacrifice and just take a chance and hope that it pays off. And if it doesn't, you just get back up and do it again, you know? 
That's amazing. That's amazing. <clears throat> um, so, so what's the coolest thing, or what's your best find from a flea market or a store? A video game wise, toy wise. Uh, so I have a 1983 Kenner Return of the Jedi uh, Luke Skywalker figure with a blue lightsaber. Ooh. So this was released. Um, the original title of the film was Revenge of the Jedi, and uh, George did screenings uh, for test audiences, and Luke's lightsaber was originally blue. And audiences complained they couldn't see it uh, in the Jabba the Hutt scenes in the desert because it was blue on a blue sky. So George changed the lightsaber to green, and that's the only reason Luke's lightsaber is green. You know, there's lore and stuff in Star Wars land, but that's the the practical reason he did so. Um, but before that, there was you know a bunch of Luke figures that got released with the blue lightsaber. That's awesome. Um, and before they changed it to green, so that's one. I'm a big Luke Skywalker fan, so shout out to Mark Hamill. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sure he's listening. He better so be. He yeah, be of, of course, yeah. He messaged me earlier. <clears throat> Just kidding. So, um, <laughs> what is the uh, what is the the flea market? You know, dirt mall, whatever you guys call them up in Canada. What is that scene like? Do you guys have a lot of places that are like pop up areas where you can go and and check out the you know, said used games and stuff? Or is everything pretty much you know resigned to stores and stuff? Uh, there's, there's a couple of flea markets. Yeah. We call them dirt malls. I got that term from mall rats. Mall rats. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, there's a few, there's one that's only open on the weekends. Um, actually it's in Nintendo quest. We, we go there. It's the last visit before we actually go into the States. Uh, we go to that flea market. Um, great, great guys, you know, but they know the value of what they have. Which is weird to say because it's 2022. Again, this was shot in 2013, 2014. Very different world, right? So now everybody knows the value of everything. Where back then, there was still a little bit of a chance that people had stuff they didn't know what it was worth. You know, iPhones weren't the norm like they are now, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So we have those, but we have a lot of game stores here. We still have Game Cycle, which is also seen in, in a Nintendo Quest. Um, my good buddy John runs that now. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What else you got, Joe? What's your holy grail that you're still searching for, gamer toy-wise? I just found my holy grail. Um, well, the, the, <laughs> you guys should know it never ends. There isn't one yeah. thing <laughs> that that would kind of be like that's it i mean for games obviously it was stadium events and then you get that right and it's like uh snatcher for sega cd is pretty rare hmm. i wonder <laughs> about that you know and you just keep going and going right uh toy wise i just got the 1979 Mego buck rogers uh, starship which is uh an incredibly rare and fragile piece that uh is always either broken or you know destroyed in in some fashion i've been looking for that since i was a kid i never had it and i finally got that the past couple weeks Uh, so stuff like that um yeah i mean i'm I'm pretty lucky i mean i've i've been a toy collector longer than i've been a game collector so i have like a lot of my stuff from when i was a kid 
So, you know, I was sitting there thinking about like, uh, you know, when you said Holy Grail stuff and I'm like, man, like I, I've, I've, and also when you mentioned things always resetting, oh. you're never done. And uh, for, I had like, you know, the full sets of the uh, KB toys released Resident Evil figures. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Those are and, great. And yeah. my, my house burned down years and years ago, lost all my figures, all my games, all my, my stuff. And, you know, once the, you know, the house was was done. We're kind of searching through the mess to see what was left. And my side of the house, there was basically nothing. But right in the dead center of my room was the uh, GameCube uh, special edition of Resident Evil 4. It was the collector's tin, the red tin. that had the laser cells and stuff in it. And on the back, oh, yeah. there's only like 30,000 or 40,000 of them made. And uh, for for years, I tried to track down one of those particular pieces that wasn't like, like totally just scuffed up, destroyed, whatever, without having to pay, you know, a few hundred bucks for a brand new one. For me personally, I like to, uh, I like to find things in person. That that's one of the reasons why this documentary was resonated so hard with me because it was like, like you said, man, eBay's kind of boring, Amazon's kind of boring. Like, like, sure, I can go get stuff there. Or I can get out and I can haggle and I can talk with people and I can I can go and just the, the surprise and the thrill of the hunt. And so uh, for me, for years, it was like a quest, to, you know, to play on the on on the on the, the documentary to find this particular piece. And of course, I found it. I was very very excited. Is there anything you've ever lost that was like super important to your collection that you had to then go and you know? find again whether it was something that broke or something maybe you sold or or whatever yeah um yeah 100 percent uh game wise hmm. oh let me think game wise because i did sell a bit of my collection like 94 95 when i was you know i was just a kid right i was in high school and it's like wow you take stuff to the pawn shop you get money you know just an idiot yeah. right? Um, a lot of Dreamcast stuff. I'm a big Fantasy Star fan. Um, so I, I sold all those like two, three, four for Genesis and online one for Dreamcast. Those games meant a lot to me and they're worth quite a bit. So getting those back sucked. Toy wise, some stuff I had my mom gave to my cousins. So a lot of my D&D stuff, the, the toys, not the, the board game. Um, like I had a Tiamat dragon, which is worth thousands now. I had to reacquire that stuff like that. Yeah, there, there's, there's always that stuff. Um, and for me, you know, all this, the, the toys and the games are such a personal connection with my mom that it almost felt like getting a piece of her back. You know, she passed just last year, so that's when I got a lot of these toys, especially that that I had when I was a kid that she got me that I didn't have anymore. It was really important for me to, to get those again. Gotcha. Gotcha. What else you got, Joe? So Jay, I know you like eighties cartoons. What's your favorite? My favorite cartoon. Yeah. From the eighties. Um, that's, that's like, what's your favorite child? Um, I know it's so hard to pick. Um, I'll tell you, <laughs> mine's probably G1 Transformers. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Except for Headmasters because it's complete trash, but you know, 
they tried. That's all j- Japanese stuff, anyway. I mean, I mean, I remember watching that later when it, you know I got bootleg copies on eBay, <laughs> you know, bootleg VHS tapes that oh, were dubbed over in English and stuff, and it just it wasn't the same. It was yeah, I don't I don't really count that myself. Um, well, Transformers the movie is one of my favorite films of all time. The '86 animated oh, masterpiece. Yeah, so I would like to say that, but I think GI Joe. Uh, is probably my favorite. Same here. Um, GI Joe is just insanely special to me, and it's still my favorite toy to collect, just because there's so many figures. There's 500 figures. Wow! You, you ask one GI Joe guy to the next, you know, take out Cobra Commander and Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, but you ask who's your favorite GI Joe, and everyone will say something different for hey, different Viper. reasons. There you go. It, it's so great, right? Um, yeah, I, I think G.I. Joe. You want to hear something that'll break your heart? <clears throat> yeah, uh, man. My, my dad and I, when I was younger, would go and set the G.I. Joe figures up in the in the backyard and shoot them with BB guns. Yeah. And I had, quite a, <laughs> <laughs> I had quite a collection of G.I. Joes, and I didn't know. I didn't, you know <laughs> at, the, at the time, I'm like, oh, I get to shoot stuff. This is awesome. And then when he taught me how to shoot an actual gun, you know, I shot my GI Joes with an actual pistol. <laughs> There's no GI Joes left to, to, to show for it. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that. Um, as I get older, and you know, there's occasions when I want to buy an old Joe or an old He-Man figure on their card, still sealed up. You know, I almost prefer when they have the old price sticker. Like I never try and remove stickers uh, when I get loose figures, vintage. I like it that they're a little scraped up. I don't want that pristine mint figure. If they're missing their accessories, that's okay. Because they were loved. They were played with. Now, your definition of playing is a little bit more rough than mine. (laughs) (laughs) The point being is that, you know what? You shared that with your dad, and you guys bonded over that, and you had fun. And that's what these things are. They're toys. They They were meant to be disposable. You know, you might pass them down to your little brother or something, but they weren't meant to last. That's just, you know, man boys like us who can't let go of the past. That's right. Thing, really. <laughs> I got a basement full of the past. <laughs> yeah, man. That's yeah. so awesome. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I had, um, again, you know, harking back to this trauma i keep bringing up my house burning down i had uh the resident evil figures but i also had like x-men figures uh you mentioned he-man earlier i had he-man i had so much stuff and when my house burnt down it was like oh my gosh i'll never get that stuff back again and then as i had children it was like it was like this whole thing for us so my me and my oldest would go again with my dad to the flea markets and i'd find the 90s spider-man figures and 90s x-men figures And I would just buy the crap out of them. We'd have five and six of the same Spider-Man, several of the same Batman figures, you know, the the old animated series Batman, the Keaton Batman. Yeah. And yeah. uh and man, we just like I would have like trunks of them. And my wife was just like, Who are you buying this for? Him or you? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? These are for him. He plays with all of them. See, watch. You know what? That's great. I don't have kids myself, but that's great that you get to you know, quote, quote, unquote, play again, yeah, right? Absolutely. You get to play with your kids and not feel strange about it. You get to buy all these <laughs> toys for your kids and see the joy that it brings them. I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, man. We're doing FNAF right now. The Five Nights at Freddy's Funko figures. Oh, yeah. That's the hotness Pops. in this house right now. Pops are they're deadly, man. I, I've dabbled. I, I had to let that drug go pretty quickly, but I've dabbled <laughs> in pops. Where do you stop? That's the problem with pops. Like yeah. where do you where do you draw the line? Like for me personally, oh, Jay, yeah. it's turtles. Yeah. Like I only collect Ninja Turtles Turtle pops. Dude, yeah. But even that is just it's deadly. Yeah. Uh, uh, well I was doing um well when they first came out, it, I I really really gravitated towards them because it was like weird characters from movies that you never thought would have a physical representation of themselves. Like, you know, you would see Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. It's a like, great character. What? There, there's a friggin' Marcellus Wallace bobblehead. I got to get that. Right. They made one for <laughs> um, a lot of tw- uh, Quentin Tarantino characters. Honestly. I exactly. Was, and that, that's what was so gr- great about pops. Right. Um, so I started down the star Wars rabbit hole. No, I'm sorry. And then, you know, the, the price. <laughs> yeah, man, the price started going up to 15, 16 Canadian, at least for each pop. And I'm like, okay, I'm buying regular star Wars figures. Now I'm buying these bobbleheads. I'm like, okay. And I just sold all the bobbleheads, all the pops. I just, I'm out. I yeah, saw I one the other day, boys. I got uh, I had it in my hand. I was so close. It was Luke Skywalker holding Grogu, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, oh God, I got <laughs> like I gotta have this." But no, I put it down. <laughs> yeah, we uh we we started on the pops when they um when the CW DC f- figures like for like Arrow and all that came out, and then like oh, the cool. pun- the Punisher ones came out. And I was like, well, "I gotta have those." I'm a huge Punisher fan, and then when the Resident Evil set came out. <clears throat> I went to go buy them, and the old vocalist from my band was coming out of the local GameStop with an armload of them. And I was like, we wow. called him, we called him, uh, my, his name's Mike. We called him Honcho from uh, that whole scene in uh, Talladega Nights. You know, he's like, my name's Mike oh, Honcho because yeah. I spread my butt cheeks in Playgirl. So we didn't call him. <laughs> so we, I was like, Honcho, what are you doing? He's like, dude, I just went and cleaned them out. I was like, Mother freaker, I was here for the same thing, and that he didn't give me. I still don't have a tyrant, and I, st- I still don't have a nemesis. Uh, and I, I was wait. like, I'm I'm not paying eBay prices for them, so I quit right there. Because you couldn't get the two Resident Evil pops, you're done. <laughs> I quit right there. So messed up. <laughs> hey, did you not hear me earlier? I'm like, you gotta let go of that stuff, man. You'll drive yourself crazy. Hey, hey, uh, the only pop I've bought since then was they came out with one for the Batman Who Laughs. And I freaking yeah. love the Batman Who Laughs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought it. And then my youngest, he's like, uh, Dad, you know, I really like that pop. Can I have him on my shelf? And he's got a few of his own pops and stuff on the shelf. I was like, sure. So he's got like the DCEU um, Batman versus Superman figures up there. He's you know, Obviously, those are my favorites. And uh, he's got the Batman Who Laughs. And every now and again, I'll sneak it down over here to my office and put it on my shelf. And he'll be in here gaming with me, and he's like, "Dad, is that my Batman who laughs?" Like, no. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I paid for it, so uh, you can take it back. Uh, Speaking to your Resident Evil, I remember. um, I think it was '98 when that first came out. Oh yeah, I remember grabbing that for PS1, and it was just absolutely one of the greatest games of all time. I was a big fan of Alone in the Dark, and oh, the yes. first time I played that was on the 3DO. And I rem- remember how haunting that game is. You know, it's clunky as hell now, but <laughs> you know, every time you picked up a book in Alone in the Dark, it was narrated by your character. Uh, that the score was just incredibly haunting. Yes, and it's like Resident Evil. Resident Evil is Capcom's version of that kind of thing. So yep. cool, and I got it and. 
the the game is just brilliant. And then a few years later, they came out with the director's cut, and all of a sudden there was different angles yep. of things. And I was like, oh, this is so wicked. <laughs> Love that game. So it's funny you mentioned that one. The director's cut, they uh, HD remake that came out in two thousand one. They mm-hmm. ported to PS, you know, three PS four. Well, I have not pushed like my Resident Evil obsession on my kids. I keep it to myself. I don't really let them play a ton of like mature games. I don't let them play a ton of horror stuff. Anyways, like we play like the horror that's appropriate for them. My kids are horror fiends. Like they love getting scared. They love the jump scares. And so slowly but surely I've been kind of pulling that curtain back. I'm like, all right, let's, let's kind of dabble. Well, like I said, three out of the five of us have COVID right now. So my oldest and I, the only ones that don't have it, we're in our game room and he goes, Dad, can we play something together with like a good story? And I, I, that is just never him. He's like a multiplayer kid. I was like, yes, yeah. son. I was like, let's play Resident Evil. I was like, I've been wanting to play it with you. You know, he's like, yeah, it's fine. So we sat there last night. I uh, yesterday, well, technically night before last all day yesterday. And from start to finish, we played through Resident Evil HD remake, passing the controller and like read all the files and like watching him light up and like, he's digging it. He's lit. I was like, man, I was 11 when I played Resident Evil the first time and he's 11 now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is freaking happening. Like my kid is like all about it. I was like, he goes, dad, we need to do like a Resident Evil podcast. Now I, li- I almost died. I was like, yes, this is that's, that's so special to me. It's so cool. Yeah. I think that the only system that you can get every single one on, I think is PS4. I have yeah. all of them on PS4. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've no matter what system that game comes out for, I, I buy the game. Is Resident Evil Four? I've bought like three or four times. Same, now. Even the digital, same. like three sixty one. It's like wow. I'm not really gonna have a physical version, but whatever, I'll buy it anyway. <laughs> same here, dude. I've got all every version on every system. I will say there are some versions that I lost. You know that I've never been able to recover, and I haven't really put forth all the effort like the Sega Saturn version of the first Resident Evil game. I don't have that one in my possession. My brother has it. Quite um, rare that one. It, it always is. was. And um, like even some of the uh, even some of the, the the Dreamcast versions, we were early adopters of Dreamcast. My dad, he traveled a lot with his job, and so like what we did together was we played video games. He'd come home real late at night, and he'd like, "All right, boys, uh, did you clean your room?" Like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, sure. I got this He Man on VHS, and I got this NES game. Like, which one do you want? Oh, I, can't, I can't. I kid you not, dude. My dad came home one day, and he was like, "Is your room clean?" I was like, yeah. He goes, boom, Thundercats on VHS or NARC? Which one do you want? I was like, (gasps) NARC? Uh, Yeah, dude, we sat up. (laughs) Okay, so this dude, like, this dude would wake me up, right, after I'm supposed to be in bed. Hey, son, your mom's in bed. You want to play some Nintendo? And we would play Double Dribble. Till two in the morning, three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Now we I know play. why you're the way you are with your kids. I get yeah. it now. Yeah, dude, this is how totally me, like, get it. Yeah, this is mine and my dad. That's that's how we bonded. And like, uh, he'd be like, I mean, he worked he worked hard, you know, and he'd come home late, and you know, of course, he's got to spend time with mom and stuff like that, and and then we go to bed or whatever. And sometimes I'd already be in bed, and he'd come in there, wake me up, aggravating the fool out of me. He's, I just want to see you. I love you. And then he come back, hey man. I got that Nintendo dude. When Mortal Kombat came out, it was like a whole nother <laughs> world. When Kano ripped our heart out for the first time, he's like, "Son, did you see that? That was cool." <laughs> and dude, we played yeah, forever. 
You know, you have a cool dad when he when he says "Hey, man" to you. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. Oh, dude. My now my dad's a bit of a dork now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think whatever uh, whatever he was at that age that like that was him peaked. You know what I'm saying? Because like now here we are, yeah. you know, thirty years later, it's like same dude. Uh, but he's great, man. But we that was that was our relationship. We played video games and like. You know, back then he worked and all the time, so it was like we can't go outside and throw the football. We can't go outside and shoot GI Joes. So, what are we gonna do? And those games from you know from the eighties and nineties, the cart cart based games, it, it was so different because you would get maybe one for your birthday, one yeah. for Christmas. If you were lucky, you might get two a year. Yeah. And there was kind of some places that would rent them, but it was kind of obscure. So you would get that game. And good or bad, you would play it. Do you oh, know yeah. what I mean? So, like, oh, yeah. you know, you telling me about your dad bringing double dribble or whatever game. It's like, that's what Nintendo Quest is about. It's it's about the bonding with the people you're with. The game is just an excuse to get together, really. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. it could be any game. It's just like the time you spend with your dad is, you're going to remember that instead of, oh, my dad beat me, you know, 28 to nothing, double dribble or whatever. Oh man, that's uh, I made a whole podcast about it, you know, just like <laughs> just going on uh you just playing games with people and talking about games. Like we don't we don't typically do news and stuff here. Like we, if something's big, we'll talk about it. But I mean, for the most part, it's a bunch of friends getting together. And it's like, man, what'd you play this week? You know, like what 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 is what's something that's going on, you know? And that's why we started doing these interviews just to talk with more people, you know, outside of our little little friend group. It's like, hey, you know, you oh, you made a documentary about games. Oh, you like going and talking to people at GameStops and things like that, dude. Let's freaking let's 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 talk, man. It's uh, it's cool. And that's and again, like, to your credit, that's what's so great about the documentary. It was like freaking touring with your buds, going and game shopping, like hunting. It's <laughs> it's freaking it's very cool, very cool. Yeah, back in uh, May of the year two thousand, uh, rare. Rare, Rare released a game called Perfect Dark on the N64, mm-hmm. and we were really big um, GoldenEye fans, and this was the spiritual successor to GoldenEye. And I remember Rob and I couldn't sleep for a few days before. This was, you know, we were convinced this was going to be the greatest game of all time. It still is one of my favorite, by the way. So anyway, he shows up at my door the morning of May 20th. I answer, I you know, because he just lived a couple doors down from me. And I open the door, and he's got a, a video camera in my face, a camcorder. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm just going to film us going to get this game. I'm like, why? I'm like, that's so stupid. <laughs> and um, you know, he's filming me in the kitchen, and we're talking about the game. And then we're driving. He's filming me driving to the mall. And these were the early seeds of Nintendo Quest, as crazy as that was. And then he shows me going into... Well, we didn't have GameStop. We had EB Games, which is you know the same thing basically. To going going to get Perfect Dark, and um, I remember Perfect Dark, and it's a great game. But I remember more the time Rob and I spent together and the things we talked about and how we were playing a game. You know, what color is the cartridge going to be? We we're so excited to open it, and you know, smelling the cartridge and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's oh funny God. you say that. Every game I open, every Blu-ray I open, I smell it. There's nothing like a new game smell. Maybe a new controller smells a close second. Ah, oh, new toy. Um, that plastic when you take the toy out of the package. If you're if you're not a mint on card collector, oh yeah. man, that's that's it's not great. bad. I also like vintage comic book, like that old bookstore smell. Oh yeah, I got a yeah a lot of that. Yeah, those are great too. 
So we're, we're kind of running out of time. So Joe, I, you got anything I else you want to more question, Jeff? Sweet, sweet. So the last sure. question is who would win in a fight? Darth Maul or Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren. hundred percent. Nice. Do you want me to elaborate or is that just exactly I would love you to elaborate. I would love you to elaborate. <laughs> oh God. I'm getting PTSD um, for the sequel trilogy. <laughs> uh, I have a connection with Kylo Ren. I always did from the very first teaser trailer. I think he's a fantastic character. Um, the way he was wrote in episode seven was great. Unfortunately, the other two movies, because the back and forth on the writing and the direction that his character just got lost. Yeah, it's uh, a but shame. I think it really is. I think if Florence Kasdan and JJ um, Abrams had continued to develop and Ryan Johnson you know, wasn't given the reins to do what he wanted with these characters. We would have seen Ren, Ren develop into something really great. We saw great parts of him at the end of the rise of Skywalker. Um, oh, I just think Maul, Maul is like Boba Fett to me. Maul was meant to be one thing. Maul was created to be a cool new bad guy uh, who was expendable. And that's exactly what Boba Fett is. And only later when everyone starts to go crazy over Darth Maul, then they make this ridiculous thing. Well, he actually didn't die. Even though he got cut in half, Yo, okay. he survived. Just like Boba Fett. Well, actually, Boba Fett didn't die in the giant monster. It's like, okay, come on. Oh, yeah, his armor could withstand the acid that's eating away at it. No, no, it can't. No, 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 it can't. Yeah, Bo- Boba Fett was designed to look cool standing beside Darth Vader. And, and in Return of the Jedi, to look cool standing next to Jabba the Hutt. And that was it. I mean, Darth Maul was such a cool character. I I agree. I definitely had that connection with Kylo Ren as well. Like, he was just such a badass character. Like, just from the jump. Like, when he stopped, like, a pulse ray, like, in its place. Like, when when that's, like, the first scene you see of him, and he stops a laser beam in its place, you're like, all right, this dude's stronger than Darth Vader. That's that's what you think of, like, right there. And I can't remember the character's name now. Um... It's been a while. The Force Awakens, the opening scene when he Max von Sydow plays him. I can't remember his character, but he just flat out murders him. He just cuts him in half in that little village. I'm like, wow. Yeah. And like, I remember being in the theater when uh, he takes his helmet off and everyone kind of snickered because he's just a young boy. He looks like a young boy. I loved that about it. It was so different. He wasn't, you know, every Sith Lord we've seen is all beat up and old and bruised. And this was just, you know, some kid who's just lost his way. And he thinks he's doing what is right in his, you know, grandfather's eyes. And it was just a really cool character, man. And and unfortunately, he just got lost in the shuffle. And so did Finn, though. I think Finn got lost in the shuffle, too, though. Oh, so many did. They, they all did. They all had. Well, Finn had nothing to do after The Force Awakens. He was just kind of there, right? It was kind of sad, they though, kept... because yeah. they kind of set him up to be the protagonist. And then they didn't. Like, it was like, what? Yeah, it was misleading. The the Drew Struzan poster had him holding the lightsaber and stuff like that. It was uh, yeah. I mean, that's just that's marketing, right? I mean, and and then they kind of try to put a bandage on that at the end of Rise of Skywalker and kind Ooh. of imply that he had the Force. And it's just like, dude, it's too late. There's like ten minutes left of this movie. You know, it's <laughs> like it's too, too late long. now. Who cares? <laughs> ten minutes too long at that point too. Exactly. I think my favorite scene in that entire movie was when Chewbacca got the medal finally. I think it was just it was just so nice to finally see him get like his moment. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing response. All right, Jay, I got one more thing for you, and it's not a question for you, and it is on the fly. You didn't, we didn't talk about any of this stuff beforehand. Um, since we have a series of interviews coming up, you know, and through March, we've got, you know, interviews booked every couple of weeks. Uh, we're not going to turn this into a complete interview show, but we got a lot of cool stuff lined up. The next interview we have is a comic book creator. Um, it is uh, someone who has founded C- Cutthroat Comics. Um, so what I want to do is I want you to leave a question for the next interview. Anything in the world. It could be food. It could be comic related. It could be toys related. Whatever you want. Whatever's the first what's thing his, comes to your head. What's his name? This one is uh, Josh Neils. He founded uh, Cutthroat Comics. And he has several different you know books he's written, children's books, things like that. So I would ask Josh um, what inspired him to pick up his pencil in the first place. And what was the first piece of art that he drew? There you go. So I will put that down. And um, so it's something I heard on a show years ago. Um, Guys had a bunch of, it's a comic book show I follow. And uh, these guys, like they have so many of the dudes that kind of, you know, they run the same circles, So they kind of know each other. And so they would, they would end their interviews with leaving a question for the next guy. And most of the time they knew who the next guy was, or they were, you know, they worked together. So a lot of times it would be kind of funny. And as I was preparing for tonight, I was like, you know what, I'm going to steal that. And, and except for our interviewers are going to span so many different medium types. So with last week, we had a, a fairly large YouTuber on, we have you on this week, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a comic book creator. And then after that, we're going to have uh, another podcaster on, we've got a couple game devs coming on in March. So I was thinking, you know, from one creative type to another, what kind of questions would you leave for them, no matter how straightforward or absurd they are? So That's a really cool idea. I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to come up with it on my own, so I had to borrow someone else's. But, Jay, we definitely <laughs> we appreciate having you on, man. It was a good talk. I really appreciate you giving us you know, a little over an hour of your time, man. That is, that is very, very generous, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, not a problem, guys. Um, I'll send you the bill. Just uh, forward me your email. Absolutely. I'll give you Joe's PayPal information, actually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I kid. I kid. Well, once again, man, thank you. Hey, if you're listening to the show, um, all of our uh, friends and fans, thank you so much for making it through this. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, this adventure that we've been. It's been wild, man. We had all kinds of cool people on. We've been doing a bunch of fun stuff with the community. Check out Jay. Check out Nintendo Quest. T- check out uh, his toy coverage is content man like there's a lot of cool stuff that you're doing and it's 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 a little different than what we've been you know dabbling in ourselves granted now we all kind of have the sounds from the sounds of we all have the same interests you know what i'm saying comic books uh video games action figures so i mean if, only thing we didn't cover tonight was wrestling uh i love 80s wrestling 100 percent. who's your favorite wrestler minus hawk hogan oh damn you <laughs> no because everyone's gonna say hulk hogan that's like the cobra commander sure yeah that's a hey, i like that that's fair uh triple h Ooh, back when he was paul levette i liked it i liked the the mcmahon helmsley era which i believe was 2001 it's my favorite era there you go that was a good one that was a good one so 
All right. Well, we're going to end on that one, Jay. Yeah, I wanted to try to keep as close to an hour as, as we promised. I'm sure you got a billion other things to do. Thank you so much for coming on here. We appreciate it. You guys are two of the coolest dudes that I've talked to in a long time. Thanks for being so respectful and keeping it casual. That's my favorite kind of conversation. Hey, man, anytime you got something you want to talk about, anytime you got time, you got something you want to promote, the next documentary you do or the next big thing you got coming on, uh, let us know. We will always make time for you. Um, as, as fans of your work, we uh, just appreciate your time. So thank you. Anytime, mate. Yeah.